the fuck are you? Death. They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose through in ridiculous reads. Not cause we deserve it, cause it's what we need. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. We argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Oh my goodness. Oh so good. Feels so good. Too good to be legit. I'm John Wayne. That's right. With me as always is Christopher Triana. Christopher. How are hello. you? Hello. Hello, hello. I'm doing hello. doing pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, I had a little accident, but Oh no! I don't mean I peed myself. I mean, I wouldn't call that an accident anymore. I've got diapers on. You know, it's good. Mm-hmm. Never, ne- never felt freer. You know, right, but, right. Uh, no, but you did have a little accident. We're post. Uh, mm-hmm. We're post Thanksgiving, pre Christmas, right now. Post come, pre come. Um, yep, yep. But something happened to you. Um, what happened? You want to please tell us because I'm I'm very concerned. Yeah, I like to hear it. Here it go. Um, I was uh, I was down in uh, North Carolina visiting uh, our mutual friend Greg and his family. Shouts out, Greg! Go White Shouts Sox! Out. Shouts out, Greg! And uh, while I was there, it was uh, the second night there, and you know we had a bonfire going in his backyard. And Greg has a ten-year-old son, Colin, and uh, I was playing with Colin. Uh, and Colin has this this small like plastic trash bin. That he that yeah that's totally clean, never trash in it. Um, but he just uses it to so, like play in. So great. So Greg Greg's son, son in plays trash. in a trash bin. Okay, I just want to get that. Greg, I mean, they're white trash. You know, so the son goes in the trash. Gotcha. I just want to make goes sure. Goes in the trash. Now it's a totally clean little trash bin that he uses for like his toys and shit. You know, uh, but he plays in it. You know, uh, and so like he'll like get in there and and like roll around whatever and so i was playing with him while he was in this trash bin so i was like picking him up and like spinning him around and then like you know putting him down and like rolling him down the hill and stuff like that and he was loving it he was having a blast and so at one point you know i've got him and i'm spinning him around and i hit like a an exposed root or rock cluster or something in the lawn and i spun on and fell really hard 
on my ankle. Um, oh, fuck, dude. It was extremely painful. And it's also my right ankle, which is uh, the one that I had surgery on 20 years ago when I shredded the tendons when I was boxing. Now, when uh, you did that, so did you hear like a snap or anything? Did you hear no, like, did you see stars? Like what, what uh, happened? It was instance? just extremely painful. Uh, but the way I fell, I was able to do it in a way where I could like kind of like roll Cullen just next to me. Uh, so mm -hmm. Cullen didn't get hurt at all, which is which I'm extremely grateful for. He didn't mm -hmm. even realize that something bad had happened to me. You know, Greg was like, oh, my God, are you OK? And Colin's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, uh, not realizing he was talking to me, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, no, it was extremely, extremely painful. And uh, I was like, OK, I probably sprained it, you know. And so, you know, we just went on with the rest of the rest of the night. You know, we uh, had our bonfire. We listened to uh, Dio and um, and uh, as you, you know, do, as the, you do uh, the day after Thanksgiving, we, you know. we listened to Motley Crue and everything. Well, this was kind of a makeup thing. Oh, oh, that's to right. Back, that's right. To backtrack. To backtrack a little bit, I was supposed to go uh, because, as as anyone knows, I have no family of my own um, except for Bear, and so uh, I was going to go down and see and Greg. the Lord. Yeah, I, I was going to go down and see Greg and his family for Thanksgiving, but Greg, in all of his infinite wisdom, decided to get COVID, uh, so I couldn't go down and visit with him. How uh, wise of him, as he would say. Oh, yeah, it was, just, it was a good move, a smart move. Uh, and anyway, uh, you know, he was fine. Um, but like he had a quarantine for a while. And then once that was over, we decided to do like a makeup Thanksgiving. So uh, Bear and I got in the old Ford Ranger and we journeyed down to uh, North Carolina. Anyway, back mm. to the story. I hurt the shit out of my foot. Jesus. And, uh, and by the next day, it was swollen to like three times at normal size. It was like the Grinch's heart, you know. And yeah. uh, it was started to turn purple and yellow and you know my foot of many colors as dolly would say and uh it uh, <laughs> and, uh it was a couple of days before i was like i should probably go get it checked out you know um because you know i i've sprained and hurt my feet many times and the last time i sprained my left foot while hiking i was going across a, a stream climbing on rocks wet rocks and i fell and, and severely sprained my left ankle and I went to urgent care, and they're like, "Yeah, it's really sprained." I'm sorry. Who are you going to? I was just going to say, something? when when you say climbing on wet rocks, is that a euphemism for something? Because no. I'm taking notes, so no, no okay. No, no, I was literal. Just going, That's I literal. Was just, okay, gotcha. I was going, gotcha. I was going across a stream. Just fact, get facts uh, yeah. checks right here, right? I, I, I do, I do a lot of hiking. I was going across a stream, and uh, and bam. Uh, but anyway, uh. And when that happened, you know, I went to urgent care and they were like, yeah, it's super swollen. We can give you um, crutches, whatever, and a little brace. And they were like, follow up with the podiatrist. So I did follow up with the podiatrist and he was like, yeah, it's sprained. Uh, that'll be $400. And I was like, I knew it was sprained when I came in here, motherfucker. Like, what? The, the... So I'm kind of stubborn about getting this shit treated again. Because like, we're like, okay, so you basically you just have to wait for it to heal. Anyway, <laughs> here's where it gets kind of funny to me. Uh, it was Sunday when I was finally like, yeah, I need to go to urgent care. And and Greg, being the big uh, Bears fan that he is, he was getting all like nervous because he's like, oh, I got to take it urgent care. 
He's like, the Bears game is coming on, man. Like, I don't want to miss the fucking Bears. You know, and I, was like, uh, uh, I was like, come on, man. Did you have to yeah, hurt your foot? It was it was a big it's... inconvenience to him to, to have to take me with my broken foot to urgent care. You know, he didn't want to miss the Bears. Uh, even though he was like, yeah, they're totally going to lose. They've been having a shit season. Two of their guys are out with injuries. I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to keep you from seeing your favorite team lose. Uh, I was like, just drop me off at urgent care and I'll call you. Or a bus station. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, or I'll take an Uber back or something. Uh, you know, I was like, thanks, best buddy. <laughs> but anyway, he takes me, you know, and uh, and I get in there and they're like, and I'm, they're like, okay, what's your problem? And I'm like, well, I think I broke my foot. Did you say and, like, what's your problem, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't say it as standoffish as I may have made it sound. Uh, but, but, you know, they asked what was wrong. And, uh, and so I was like, I think I broke my foot. And they're like, okay, well, we'll we could definitely help you with that. Um, and they're like, but there's a five-hour wait. And I went, the sign outside says urgent care. <laughs> and they're like, well, we've got people backed up. I was like, do you guys not know what urgent means? <laughs> you know, like, maybe you should change the name to, like, sometime today care, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, the weights in some of those places can vary because some of them I went into yeah. one uh, close to me and it was uh, because I was having an allergic reaction and they are actually like, OK, this is an emergency care. So they it was, it's like that's more like one up from urgent care. So they can't right. like they're like, unless you're dying, we, we're not going to take you right, or right. we will. But we're going to charge you like ten thousand dollars. And I was like, right. And then it was just a little ghost of me there, like a little puff of smoke. And I was right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yep, like a roadrunner. Yeah. Um, so luckily, I guess they've changed things because of COVID where they're like, yeah, you can leave and come back. Just come back around four o'clock. That's uh, cool. They text so, you or, or just gave you a rough No, time. they just they just said, come back at four, you know, gotcha. and and uh, they, they said they would call if they could get me in any earlier and they didn't. So. Uh, so we go, we, we're heading back and this is, this is even funnier, Greg, uh, and Greg, if you're listening, I'm totally calling you out on, on this. Uh, you know, I'm like, Hey, can we stop at CVS so I can get one of those like cheap ankle brace things? Um, so I get that and then we're going back and I'm like, yes, yeah, so I guess we'll just come back at four. And he's like, we'll I'll have to figure something out because I won't be able to drive you. Uh, and I'm like, well, the game will be done by then. And he's like, oh, well. You know, I, I want to be able to drink. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna watch the Bears without getting drunk. And I'm just like, uh, okay. And so he's like, oh, it's Susie, my wife. You know, she'll 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 drive you, or we'll figure something out. But I'm gonna get drunk. <laughs> That's a man after my own heart. I know it's so I, funny, I dude. It. It's Greg, so funny. Go so Bears, funny. go Sox, Greg. You're you're yep. a winner of my heart, man. Thank you. So I, I'm happy to report that the Bears lost. Uh, and then yeah, they lost. They lost. The Bears back. will always lose. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, I don't think they've had a good team since 85 or something. But anyway. Since they did the Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> since they did yeah. the old shuffle, man. They cursed themselves with that. Oh. I mean, they won the Super Bowl after doing it, but then ne never again. You know, but anyway, anyway. Uh, um, so, yeah, I went back and, uh, yeah, and and sure enough, Susie was the one who brought me and she was kind enough to, to stay and read a book while, uh, while I was getting checked out. And that they gave me a boot, and they told me that I had fractured my foot in three places. Oh, wow. But it gets better, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as you may recall, I drove down by myself. Well, with Bear, but Bear doesn't drive. She had her license revoked for being a dog. Um, 
And so, and that's still <laughs> pending. There's still litigation <laughs> there behind is. that. So I just <laughs> there is there is. We're not going to talk too much about it. But yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so I had to drive home on Monday. Uh, and of course, you know, like, you know, uh, the Kirby's Greg and his wife, they were like, you can say as long as you need to, whatever. And I was like, well, it's going to take six weeks for this fucking thing to heal. Uh, I got to go back sometime and I've got work to do. Uh, you know, I, I've got articles and stuff to write and I've got stuff I'm working on. Uh, so I'm like, I'm just going to have to figure it out and just go. Now, at this point, my my toes are black. Like both sides of my foot are, have changed color. It's swelled up like to the size of a grapefruit. It yeah, you sent me pictures. Bad. It was pretty awful. It yeah, it's pretty, horrible. Just so everyone, I'll, I'll verify. Yeah. Yes, thank you. It's, it's horrible. And it hurt when I had to, like, do anything with it. But I'm like, I've got to make it home. So I couldn't even get a shoe on because my foot was too swollen. It wouldn't even fit in any shoes. Uh, and I was going to borrow a flip-flop from Greg, but uh, he has these little dainty baby feet. and I couldn't get into them, um, even, like, even if I wasn't swollen. You know, he's got like feet like a ballerina for a six foot, 200 pound man in his 40s. Who Did loves he have the bears. them bound? Did he have them bound like he was a geisha or something, perhaps? Or? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, I will say that they were very nice flip flops. They were bedazzled, you know, like okay, <laughs> they, had, okay. uh, they had those little trinkets that you put into Crocs. You know, they had like those on there. Um, uh, they were all little bears, of course. Uh, bears and cubbies. Uh, little bears. Little bears. So, yeah, so I, I'm like, well, I got to do this. And so I barefoot, I drove uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, back home to Connecticut. And uh, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, because on the day before, I drove a little bit just to see how, what, how I was doing. And it hurt because I was doing this stop and you know, start and stop stuff, you know, like. And that hurt, like having to switch quickly from the brake to the gas. But on the highway, you don't have to do that that much. You just kind of like ease through. You got the cruise control there. Uh, and I only made two stops, put the boot on when I had to get out and get gas. Uh, other than that, we just we just gunned it. And Bear was a trooper. Usually I make more stops so she can get out and get a little break. But I was like, sorry, Bear. Daddy's broken. Yeah. But we made it. We made it without an incident. And that is the... That is the tale of Triana's broken foot. Did I mention that this is the uh, fourth time I've broken this particular foot slash you leg? Di <clears throat> you didn't say fourth. You said fourth that time. You, you said it was the one that you've broken before, but you didn't yes. say four, this was the fourth time. I guess yes. third time is not a charm. No, that, no when it comes to uh, that. Yeah, interesting. I've never uh, broken a bone or wow. had to have a cast or anything. I've never had surgery. Uh, I'm immortal. Vampire. Um, well, I, I, had, I, I did have an accident, just, though. I think uh, you just don't do as much. I think you just lay around getting high. It's pretty safe. <laughs> yeah, look how hot I look, though. I know. Um, it's very detrimental. But I did have an accident, though, mm. as well. So, Would you uh, say it was a near-death experience? Oh, I uh, hello, Mr. Foreshadow. I hear you knocking. Yes, and yes. I want you to come on in because right, yes, right. this was absolutely a near-death experience. Um, <clears throat> so, tell me. So I I did just just so uh, listeners know if you listen to John Wayne lied to you, you can hear like the full story of this with all the details over there uh, on the John Wayne lied to you feed. I'll I'll kind of give an abbreviated version of it here, but. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I let when I left your uh, when I left the compound, the Triana compound, I went to Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, after we filmed our epic Thanksgiving special, which has gone on to like be nominated for Emmys and all that <laughs> stuff, we're just waiting for like awards and shit. So it's people it's, came out in the tens to watch it. Droves of tens is what it was. Um, a drove is a ten, and so I went. You know, I left you. I gave you a big kiss on the mouth, and then bear yeah. too. And I drove in the night, and like I do, and I got to Chicago, and I got there about ten thirty. They let me check in. Ten thirty in the morning. You know, they let me check in, mm-hmm. and I tried to sleep, but I didn't get a lot of sleep. It was like two hours. I didn't eat a whole lot. Anyway, smash cut to. You know me, I just end up getting up. I'm like, I'm going to drink some beers. And then I look in my fridge and my shit and I'm like, oh shit, I only have like four beers. I got to get some beers. Mm. So there's a liquor store right down the road. No problem. I go down there. I get, I'm get, I get a case of beer. I get a fucking bottle of vodka. I get another fucking grande beer. I'm in line. And as I'm in line at this liquor store on the counter, I can see that there's this impulse item box and it's a, um, it's a, like a gas station dick pill and it's called hard times and hard times <laughs> and this woman's got a fucking sledgehammer and it says it won't let well, you well, wait 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 behind the counter the woman no it's on the counter <laughs> behind the no, counter i'm saying, I'm saying behind, was the woman behind the counter with a sledgehammer or was this image on the packaging <laughs> that was on the package the woman behind the counter was actually a very nice um uh older uh polish woman and she had a, a beautiful boxer behind the, the the counter with her so um beautiful what boxer dog oh a dog okay behind I, the counter with you, her you glitched i couldn't hear oh, what sorry. you said so yeah. so i i'm looking at this as i'm in line and i'm like that's hilarious hard times it won't let you down look at that sledgehammer and i get up i put my stuff on the counter and i'm like i'll take one of these please mm-hmm. and i'm like haha and she's like ho ho and i think it's hilarious <laughs> go back to the room I have it set up on like my dad, the desk in the room with like all the, the liquor and beer and shit in this hard times pill. And uh, I, I hang out, I'm hanging out with some dudes in the bar. We come up, we're smoking. We're gonna, I'm like, look at this boater pill, uh, all this stuff. All the only responsible, the only responsibility I have is I have to pick up Scarlet at the airport at midnight, which is, mm-hmm. which is across the street. It's a four minute drive. Right. So I, I handle myself until then I do get her. I bring her back. We keep hanging out and partying. We get like these, we meet these magicians. These magicians come up to our room. I mean, it's insane. We start like, we're just partying. And then it's 5.45 in the morning. They're leaving. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, guys, hey, look at this one last thing. And I pop out that pill and take it. And I'm like, whatever, that's funny. Ha, 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 ha. Not funny. No. So, Did you happen, if I may ask, did you happen happen to... to Look at the ingredients of what was in this thing. Yeah, it was boners. Uh, <laughs> well, was it like some like supplemental shit, like horny goat weed and niacin or something? No, it turns out when I did look at it, it, it was like, um, you know, the first ingredient in something is like the thing that's like the most. Yeah, yeah. The, this just said poison. <laughs> so it's it a poison strychnine killer. <laughs> sawdust um no it's, it's just, i worked in supplements for many years and and i know that uh like you know we had these things that were like um you know like there's this product called cobro you know which was like a herbal supplement for uh boners and it was like 
you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't work, you know, but yeah, um, it's like trucker meth. It was, it was a bunch of like stuff like that. Uh, I do have the package still somewhere. So was it, was it like, was it like mini thins? Remember mini thins? Oh yeah. No, mini things, mini things were awesome. This was not like that, dude. This was like this. So this got on top of me, like 30, 40 minutes later. And it's like, my skin is crawling. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all goose pimples, like all over. I'm hot and cold. My Where, my my fucking heart is pounding. Was your I'm skin sweating. turning pink? Like your ears turning pink? Stuff like that's like the I nice. That's a nice and flush. And you know, and a lot of these boner pills, they're just loaded with B vitamins. Yeah, I was just so, curious. Whatever. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, this sucks, dude. I'm like, oh, I feel awful. So I yeah. like try to take a shower for like 30 minutes. I'm just standing in the shower. And then as soon as I turn the shower off, like I get out and I just start puking, but it's like nothing but liquid. Cause I haven't eaten and I've been like driving and all of that course, shit. Of course you haven't. <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> and so then I'm like, Oh, also keep in mind. It's now like Friday at like 9am or some shit. And I'm like, I got to set up my shit. And, uh, oh my God. So I pull myself together after a little bit. And I go, I go down, um, I get like a sandwich that costs like 17 bucks. I eat half of it and I'm like, all right, let's go. Was set it my a shit. gas station sandwich? Cause no, she was it was asking for more travel. <laughs> it was downstairs in the, um, in the lobby. It was at the, ga- the hotel fucking okay. cafe. Okay. So I'm going, I'm getting my shit out of my car in the parking lot. It's like 1030 in the morning, broad daylight. Static's coming. Oh fuck. Why is that still on? Is it off? Did it stop? I don't know why that's still fucking there. Um, we'll just uh, I'll, I'll drop. I'll have to drop the sounds in. Then I'm not gonna fuck with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So you you're saying it was uh, it's around nine o'clock. You had to set up your stuff, and you want to just like backtrack. Yeah. From there. Yeah. So. yeah. So I have to set up my stuff very soon. It's like it is morning. I've been up all night and I eat half a sandwich. I get my shit together. Scarlet comes with me into my car and I'm like starting to get my stuff and put it in my wagon. And I'm like all, you know, I'm dressed in like all black leather jacket, sunglasses. And I just lean against my car. I'm like, hold on, hold on. I can't. And I just start fucking puking all over, like, mm. n- like, like, like uncontrollable. I'm like on one knee, like Elvis. Jesus it's, Christ! It, it's like eleven thirty, like fucking. No, it's like, like ten thirty in the morning. James Brown dude. or some People, shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, come, come throw the fucking sheet over me. People are parking around me, like kids getting out, like, hey, mommy, let's. Oh no! It's like it's just I cannot stop puking, and. uh and I finally is that man dying, mommy? <laughs> yes, yes, son. yes, he is. Which is so you got to picture it, dude. It was fucking. I, it, I was, it was. It was metal. Am. It was metal as fuck, dude. It was just like in the wrong kind of way, but it was still yeah, it metal. Was metal, but also sad. <laughs> yeah, but metal is awesome. Sad and like, pathetic. Oh, I won't. Time. I don't think it was sad and pathetic. I just was uh, like, it's just what it was. Uh, okay, 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 uh, okay. Forty-year-old man. Puking from a gas station dick pill at nine in the morning. I partied a bunch. A little, a little pathetic. That's not pathetic. That's rock and roll, dude. (laughs) 
Um, so I, I'm puking my guts out and I'm like, all right, hold on. So what's happened is my blood pressure has dropped so much that every right. activity I'm trying to do like feels like a hundred thousand times harder than it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pulling my wagon in after I get myself together, swish out my mouth and shit. And yeah. I can barely get it into the thing. I'm coming down the, the convention floor. I'm like, where the fuck is my table? And then I'm almost at my table. And then my friends start seeing me like, but no, I'm like, hey, what's oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with you? And like, Charlotte's trying to tell him, and I'm like, die. I'm like all white and just like fucking sweating. I just let go of my stuff, and I'm like, somebody's put my table. I have to go. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I have to go. I'm like, go, go up to my room, and I try to like pull myself together. I go, end up going back downstairs a couple hours later. Everyone's freaked out. They think I'm dying. Think I'm dead. Uh, which. They were awesome. My friends like really worried about me. I appreciate. And out, and out, and out of all the drugs, I mean, you take drugs appreciate like a champion. You take yeah. you take drugs like a champion. I know. Of all and the I, things to take you out, a gas station yeah. dick pill. It's, it's yeah. pretty funny. And I told everyone, oh, it would have been awesome. See, that's the way to go. Not on a zip line, because if I would have died, because if I'd have died from a boner pill, they'd be like, of course, that's what happened. Ah, uh, John Wayne. What are that's a uh, that's and not guy. even a good one. Not even like real no. Viagra. Just some no. cheap, you know, Johnny's. That's what, Johnny's dick-tastic and it wasn't jam. even and uh, dude boner jams but it wasn't even because I was like oh I need this later I thought yeah, it was funny sure I really wasn't. thought it was funny dude um yeah. and and uh and I'm I'm transparent I would say I tell everybody everything so I'm telling my friends that's what happened but I go down I set my shit up and I just can't I can't I'm like I have to go back you can't there. you can't get a boner I can't get a boner <laughs> and I can't, that's I can't what, at least that you should be able to get out of this pill. I can't, um, I can't be alive is what I feel like. Right, like right. I put my books down and I'm like, I'm going to go upstairs and uh, Scarlet comes up there with me. She gets ready and she's like, okay, we have to go down now. And I was like, I'm not going down. Just like uh, I'm taking the loss. So yeah. Friday night I did not vend. Uh, it just, best. I was dark. Oh, it was for the best. Cause I was, I couldn't do anything. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to just force myself to go down there. And then just I'm not going to puke on the floor in front of everybody. And I'm not going to run out to be like, I'm puking. Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. that, dude. I'm yeah. I slept for like 26 hours or something and uh, got up the next day. Not a drip, baby. Got okay. down there. Set, I got down there an hour and a half early in the dark in the fuck. <laughs> Convention room doing like push ups and sidekicks for Jesus and shit, setting up my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, and then, and then I did it. But uh, I'll say this I learned this lesson for everybody else out there do not take gas station pills, no matter how funny the name is or the picture that is affiliated with it. Well, I mean, it could be, it could be a variety of things too. It could have been like the last straw. I mean, you're not necessarily known for putting good things in your body and you don't eat. And you're on the road all the time. You're bound to throw up eventually. <laughs> yeah, but this was like a nonstop, like crawling. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm sure it. I'm Just sure crazy it was, shit. Yeah, I'm sure it was, it was the off. tipping point, if 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 nothing else. Um, but I would really like to know what's in this damn thing. We got to look it up. You yeah, know, like, too. yeah, look up the ingredient list on it, or buy another one. You know, and and. Oh. Uh, and we'll read the back and then we'll take them and, <laughs> and go to go to the emergency room because <laughs> you because apparently i don't spend enough time in urgent care <laughs> so. 
I've got like a fucking, I got like a fucking membership card, like you know, one more injury and then and it's free, you know. Like yeah, do you get like a sub, you get a sub? sub or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want. I'm that hurt stuff. all the time. I'm hurt all the time. And it's not that I'm fragile. Uh, it's it's that it's a combination of things. It's that I'm stupid and and I get drunk and and I get active. Uh, and it's also that I'm just very active. I'm like, you know, like I got I busted it. Uh, I busted my like broke my like hiking. I did it boxing i did it playing soccer as a kid uh and i did it playing with a child because that's the difference between breaking your foot when you're 20 and when you're 40 when you're 20 you break your foot boxing when you're 40 you break it playing with a child and that's what i get i deserve it for trying to bring joy to the child uh you know i should have just been drinking and sitting on my lazy ass uh you know listening to uh motley crew you know as greg and i do you know well, you live and you learn. It's like the boner pill thing. Um, mm-hmm. now I think mm-hmm. we both learned a lesson. And uh, speaking of lessons... I didn't um, learn a goddamn thing. I'm, I'm sure I'll break bones in the future and fuck myself up. Okay. I've, right. I've, I, I've broken and, and scarred myself to, to into oblivion. You know this. You've seen now, me. Now, is that naked. because... You've seen uh, me naked. Oh, of course. Now, is that because it's your, your like, fetish or you're just uh, prone to accidents, you think? Or a little both? No, I think it's I think it's just because I'm very active and I've been involved in a lot of violence. Islands like islands in the stream. No violence. violence. Oh, violence! Ew, yeah. violence! See, yeah, right, buddy. Violence and also, uh, yeah, working with animals and and strenuous hikes and uh, the off the beaten path where it's you're more likely to get hurt and you know shit like that. You know, I, I walk on the wild side. You, you, you do, do it your more. way. I do it my way. You know, Absolutely. Do. Different ways of being on the wild side. So and, and God loves us, everyone. Accidents, but we're back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're better than ever. Uh, we're definitely. And this is our than... first and this is our first show in a while. Uh, we haven't done one since October. Uh, oh yeah there's been a lot going on i mean we did have the um thanksgiving special but that was a video we made so you can check if those are listening if you haven't seen it you should check it out it's just a fun little video we made because after we both were in atlantic city uh together for new jersey harcon you came and stayed with me a couple of days we had a jolly good time a gay old time not too gay um but a gay old time and uh but this is our first show since the last one we recorded was pre-Halloween, and it is now just uh, pre-Christmas right now. Uh, yeah. And we feel we've just both had a lot going on, uh, you know, in our personal lives, uh, and uh, we just weren't able to really make it work. But we're back, baby. We're back. We're and I think back. we should get into. And I think we should get we should into move our it show. Along. Yeah, I believe it. Hurry, hurry your ass. Uh, so, all right. <laughs> I wasn't yelling at you. I was yelling at us both, and quoting *River's Edge*, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Great movie. Fuck yeah, dude! Uh, no, no other movie is, reflects my childhood like that one. That is really what my my teen years was like. Uh, yeah, right up in, right up to strangling a, a, a young girl. You know, but anyway, that's that's a story for another time. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's get into our show, and of course, that will start us off with our first topic, which is Book of the Week! Book! Good does not exist. 
There is only the ever-swirling chaos of evil lurking just beyond the veil of our perception, waiting to strike arbitrarily without purpose or reason. When evil throws its wiry tentacles out into our world, leaving an inky black sludge of death, sadness, and destruction in their wake, it's done not out of maliciousness, but at random, with no forethought, no agenda. The Cadillac Man is one of these denizens, an extension of evil, a collector of sorts. There's no bargaining, no favor to curry, no chance of altering your fate. When the long black Cadillac pulls up alongside, all you can do is get in, but you won't enjoy the ride. Book of the week. The book of the week, and what a special book it was. Uh, as you listeners have heard from the little yeah. uh, preview that we gave you there. Yeah, what you just heard was a little voiceover uh, commercial type thing that I did for my new book. The Cadillac Man, which is book of the week, yes, because we are is. shameless self-promoters. <laughs> we are shameless. <laughs> we, we 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 try to do our best to shine a light on uh, indie indie books and indie writers when we you know when we can. But every once in a while, hey, we have a book that comes out too, so yeah, we, we want to talk there's about no, that. There's no shame in it. Like you know, we're we're we, we we have a right to talk about our books too. And I want to learn more about Cadillac Man. Uh, and I'm here to uh, ask you all about it. So please first tell us uh, who, who put it out and where it's available for those listening. It is uh, uh, out by uh, the good folks at Death's Head Press and he, here in Texas. And um, it is available, you know, everywhere, you know, Amazon, Kindle, uh, Death's, Head web, Death's Head's website, johnwayneisdead.com. You get like the signed copies and stuff, but, uh, you know, anywhere you get it, any, uh, way you get it, I very much appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, I've got a couple of questions, uh, for you. Uh, first is kind of a comment. Um, this is your longest work to date, isn't it? Yep. Yes, it is. It is my what's longest the, work to date. What's this, what's this fatty, uh, pocket at? Page. 417 pages. Now, I think you had told me that originally these were going to be like separate, like, like books, but you decided to put them together. Is that, am I remembering correctly? Or was that something else you were telling me about? Yeah, no, that is correct. I wrote this. Yeah. Uh, this is what I wrote during the pandemic. And uh, I was kind of like, well, when I finished like the first one, I was like, I kind of want to keep going with this story. And so I wrote the other. I was like, well, maybe I can break this into three parts. And then I was like, I don't know, selling three books at blah, 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 blah. Maybe I'll just put it together because I just want to keep moving with what I do. And I felt like I talked to some some other people and I was like, you know, it's probably best. I'm just going to put these all together as one book in three parts. Um, so that's what it became. Cool. Very cool. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, you know, this is your longest work to date. And that poses its own challenges as far as not only writing it, but marketing it some people i know this from having you know the 13th coyote out which is like a 500 page book too uh and like some some readers will shy away from a book that thick and then other readers are like oh yeah i can really dig my sink my teeth into this sucker you know mm -hmm. um so so yeah so tell me um tell me a little bit about it like what what exactly is the the synopsis what's it about i'm guessing it has a guy who has a cadillac it does. Yeah. Well, I mean, you would think that, but what I've done is actually. <laughs> but he really, but he really has a Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> this is about the Elantra men, which are related to the apostles, 
that uh, this is a test whole... audiences just did not respond to the Hyundai Elantra man, so we just changed. The we name. had to change, and they wanted more <laughs> wanted more dong in it. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, exactly, but so no, the, it, the over. So the overarching theme of the book is that there is uh, no such thing as good, really, in a sense that it combats bad things that happen to you. There is only evil. However, it is completely random and uh, strikes with no reason, right? So that's just how the world is. And part and like part of this like thing that evil throws out and then like drags back is like, you know, these little kind of people or not denizens of evil denizens of that area of that just whole entity of evil and they're just sowing chaos and then bringing it back into the evil and it's just like this big cycle and the cadillac man is one of these uh denizens that goes out and just kind of does that and what you you have with this book is like three stories of him uh or three parts of a story where he is definitely doing nothing but uh serving his purpose mm. but there's no like prayer you can say there's no magic there's no like sign or anything or a cross there's nothing that you can do to keep anything bad from happening to you mm-hmm. and that's what's like established right up front like that's mm-hmm. there is no way that you can stop these things they're just happening okay cool so the cataclysm man is uh kind of like that uh, comes along with it almost like a like a cenobite or something like something like that so maybe some that's a good way to put it something like yeah. that just like tripping. not like not like a like a villain in and of itself but like a, a character that kind of comes with the evil that's inevitable yeah that's a good yeah. yeah okay okay um yeah that's pretty cool so uh he doesn't have a um a used car a lot though you know what i wish he did and and you know what uh robin williams ghost was attached to uh yes. and to this. Russell, don't forget used cars i know uh, he would <sighs> just just knowing that you're a, a vonnegut fan i was like oh maybe yeah. he's doing a breakfast of champions you know used car salesman kind of oh, thing oh yeah no <laughs> but, I, but yeah i love that i wish i did maybe that's my next thing but no right. um he always could go on like the next person who encounters him could be a used car salesman you know there we go i want there we uh, go. i want partial credit for the for the book <laughs> i'm writing it down i'm writing it down right now partial credit my part idea. credit got it yes. <laughs> yeah but it's uh like i said it's my longest work it's it's in these three parts i wrote it over the pandemic um it's now does it so it's it, definitely it, bleak um yeah i was gonna say does it have does it mention the pandemic or have anything to do with it no 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 i would never yeah. write up the pandemic yeah um, yeah. but like, uh, I, I was gonna say, Christine Morgan put a, a review of it up recently and she did say some, she did put it best. It was, was very nice, but like, um, about how people are talking about how books or, you know, things need to have likable characters. And she was like, this was a good argument for that because there's nobody likable in this mm-hmm. book. However, you are still like invested in what they do, right, what's right. happening, which yeah, I don't I, think that characters have to be likable no, necessarily because that's reality. You some know? of my some of my favorite books don't have likable characters, like you know, Last Exit to Brooklyn by Hubert Selby Jr., which I've mentioned a billion times on the show. Uh, there's no likable characters in that, and it's one of the finest books I've ever written. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, uh, my own book, they all died screaming. 
that was the whole fucking point. I was like, I don't want there to be any likable characters in this. I want them to be relatable in ways like, but I don't want them to be likable because the, the book was like, you know, like in my mind, it's like, you know, you have all these end of the world stories, zombie stories, whatever. And there's always these group of people, some of them good, some of them bad. And I was like, what if the last people on earth are just shit bags or just scumbags and awful people? Uh, the dregs of society. Uh, I basically was like, I want to have Charles Bukowski characters in an end of the world setting. And there's another great example, you know, Charles Bukowski's work, like most of the time, they're not necessarily likable characters, including him, which is pretty much the main character in everything he writes. Uh, not likable. You're still a brilliant writer. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, kudos to you for the Cadillac man upon its release uh, and for unflinchingly not making um, likable characters. Thank you. I look forward to reading your magnum opus, sir. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, holding you tightly on a warm summer's <laughs> night. Only you, the mighty Duke of Earl. The mighty Duke of Earl could hold you could, tightly. Could have written, could, and could have written could the have Cadillac written. Man. Available look for the now. mighty. Yeah, look available. for the mighty Duke of Earl. Also available now <laughs> for house uh, calls. Uh, yep, Duke, Duke, Duke. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, Cadillac Man available now from Death's Head Press. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold, uh, including yeah. including JohnWayneIsDead.com. You can get the signed copies. So check 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 it. Cool. All right, that's enough whoring uh, of of you. But uh, here's my dick. Whoops. Yes. You have to you have to be watching the YouTube to see that. Oh 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 oh! Blink and you'll miss it. I know. <laughs> it's like a cigarette burn <laughs> from Fight Club. It's you know I, I've seen it. It's like a peanut and a Brillo pad. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. I'm let's about to show real. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's no Brillo pad. He's, got, he's like a he's like a turtle like a, shell. Down it's like there. a turtle shell down there. Yeah, he's just <laughs> smooth like his whole body. Yeah. A laser. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh. Um. All right. Well, I guess that brings us right into our next segment, which is everyone's favorite. Uh, of course, that is Ridiculous Reads. All right. Ridiculous Reads time. <laughs> yes, uh, I've got uh, something very appropriate Uh set up for our um our theme tonight our topic oh, how apropos. Uh, th this is is it, very apropos um it is uh something that i think will appeal to the horror fans as well this is a little something i managed to get my hands on over the summer very excited about it uh so this is the novelization of night of the living dead oh all right very cool very sweet cover too the like cover this. is rad it's yeah it like really a... is yeah the this woman with red hair getting her hair pulled by a zombie coming through the wall coming through the cover of the book yeah pretty cool very cool very cool <laughs> pretty cool uh and also very cool is that uh this novel is written by john russo who wrote the original screenplay alongside george romero mm -hmm. uh so that makes it extra cool too um so, yeah, this, this is the novelization of the original Night of the Living Dead by George Romero. Uh, it comes with a cool preface by Romero, but I'm not going to read that. I'm going to get right into the opening of the book, particularly in the way that it, it's, um, 
relates to our topic. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to start reading from Night of the Living Dead by John Russo. Think of all the people who have lived and died and will never see the trees or the grass or the sun anymore. It all seems so brief, so worth nothing. Doesn't it? To live for a while and then die. It all seems to add up to so very little. Yet, in a way, it is easy to envy the dead ones. They are beyond living and beyond dying. They are lucky to be dead, to be done with dying and not to have to live anymore. So as you can see, this is fucking hilarious. Um, to be, <laughs> to be very under, funny. TBS, very, very funny. Very funny. Very uplifting. To be under the ground, oblivious, oblivious of hurting, oblivious of the fear of dying. They do not have to live anymore. Okay, yeah, we get it, dude. You're getting a little redundant here, John. Uh, they don't, have, they or die anymore, or feel pain, or accomplish anything. Or wonder what to do next. Now that's or, the dream, isn't it? I'm sorry. It is to I do have nothing. To feel, do not accomplish nothing. I mean, that's. Yep. Yep. Th I'm I'm into this so far. Good oh, job. we know, we know. <laughs> um, uh, or wonder what to do next. Or wonder what it is going to be like to have to go through dying. Or wonder what it's like to try to pry these pages apart. Hold on. There we go. Are they all uh, sticky because you? had a time with this book beforehand or yes okay. uh many people have it's an old book um okay so why does life seem so ugly and beautiful and sad and important while you're living it and so trivial when it is over life smolders a while and then dies and the graves wait patiently to be filled and the end of all life is death and the new life sings happily in the breeze and neither knows nor cares anything about the old life. And then it in turn dies also. Life is a constant turning over into graves. Things live and then die. And sometimes they live well and sometimes poorly, but they always die. And death is the one thing that reduces all things to the least common denominator this sounds like a goth kid wrote it anyway uh what is the what is it that makes people afraid of knocking over their microphone <laughs> whoa whoa there whoa we, we all right dude, that was me? like the ghost of the goth kids that got you right there know, that remark, dude. the emo kids came for me i know um, i'll put a curse on you okay uh all right so what is it that makes people afraid of dying not the pain well not always Death can be instantaneous and almost painless. Death itself is an end to pain. Then why are people afraid to die? What things might we learn from those who are dead if they find the means to return to us, if they come back from the dead? Will they be our friends or our enemies? Will we be able to deal with them? We who have never conquered our fear of confronting death. And then it gets into the actual story with Barbara and Johnny coming into the cemetery, as we all remember. So I'm going to skip a little ahead to get to the good fun stuff. <clears throat> so they're now in the cemetery. 
Do you remember which row it's in? His sister called out, hopefully. But Johnny neglected to answer her. Instead, he smiled to himself and merely watched. She continued going from stone to stone, stopping at each one that bore a hint of familiarity long enough to read the name of the deceased. She knew what her father's tombstone looked like, and she could remember also some of the names of the people buried nearby. But with the approaching darkness, she was having trouble finding her way. I think I'm in the wrong row, she said finally. There's nobody around here, Johnny said, purposely emphasizing their aloneness. Then, he added, if it wasn't so dark, we could find it without any trouble. Well, if you'd gotten up earlier, Barbara said, and she let her voice trail off as she began moving down another row of graves. This is the last time I blow a Sunday on a gig like this, Johnny said. We're either going to have to move Mother out of here or move the grave closer to home. Sometimes I think you complain just to hear yourself talk, Barbara told him. Besides, you're just being silly. You know darned well Mother's too sick to make a drive like this all by herself. Suddenly a familiar tombstone caught Johnny's eye. He scrutinized it, recognized that it was their father's, and considered not telling Barbara so she would have to hunt a while longer. But his drive to get started toward home went out over his urge to torment her. I think that it's over there, he said in a flat, detached tone, and he watched while Barbara crossed over to check it out, taking care not to step on any graves as she did so. Yes, this is it, Barbara called out. You ought to be glad, Johnny. Now we'll soon be on our way. He came over to their father's grave and stared at the inscription briefly before taking the wreath out of the brown paper bag. I don't even remember what dad looked like, he said. Twenty-five bucks for this thing, and I don't even remember the guy very much. So Johnny's clearly a, a good guy. Yeah. He loves his father. Very much, very devoted. Well, I remember him, Barbara said, chastisingly. And I was a lot younger than you were when he died. They both looked at the wreath, which was made out of plastic and adorned with plastic flowers. At the bottom, on a piece of red plastic shaped like a ribbon tied in a large bow, the following words were inscribed in gold. We still remember. Johnny snickered. <laughs> Mother wants to remember, so we have to drive 200 miles to plant a wreath on a grave, as if he's staring up through the ground to check out the decorations and make sure they're satisfactory. Johnny, it takes you five minutes, Barbara said angrily. And she knelt at the grave and began to pray while Johnny took the wreath and, stepping close to the headstone, squatted and pushed hard to embed his, its wire-pronged base into the packed earth. He stood up and brushed off his clothes, as if he had dirtied them, and continued grumbling. Doesn't take five minutes at all. It takes three hours and five minutes. No, six hours and five minutes. Three hours up and three hours back, plus the two hours we wasted hunting for the damned place. She looked up from her prayer and glowered at him. He stopped talking. He stared down at the ground, bored, and he began to fidget, rocking nervously back and forth with his hands in his pockets. Barbara continued to pray, taking unnecessarily long, it seemed to him, and his eyes began to wander, looking all around, staring into the darkness at the shapes and the shadows in the cemetery. Because of the darkness, fewer of the tombstones were visible, and there seemed to be not so many of them. Only the larger ones could be seen clearly, and the sounds of the night seemed louder because of the absence of human voices. Johnny stared into the darkness. In the distance, a strange moving shadow appeared, 
almost as huddled as a huddled figure moving among the graves. Probably the caretaker or late mourner, Johnny thought, and he glanced nervously at his watch. Come on, Barb, church was this morning, he said in an annoyed tone, but Barbara ignored him and continued her prayer as if she was determined to drag it out as long as possible just to aggravate him. Johnny lit a cigarette, idly exhaled the first puff of smoke and looked around again. There was definitely someone in the distance, moving among the graves. Johnny squinted, but it was too dark to make out anything but an instinct, indistinct shape that more often than not blurred and merged with the shape of trees and tombstones as it advanced slowly through the graveyard. Johnny turned to his sister and started to say something, but she made the sign of the cross and stood up, ready to leave. She turned from the grave in silence, and they both started to walk slowly away, Johnny smoking and kicking at small stones as he ambled along. Praying is for church, he said flatly. Church would do you some good, Barbara told him. You're turning into a heathen. Well, Grandpa told me I was damned to hell, remember? Right here. I jumped out at you from behind that tree. Grandpa got all shook up and told me I'm gonna be damned to hell. Johnny laughed. You used to be so scared here, he said devilishly. Right? Remember here I jumped out from behind that tree at you? Johnny, Barbara said with annoyance, and she smiled to show him he was not frightened. <clears throat> he was not frightening her, but she knew it was too dark for him to see the smile anyway. I think you're still afraid, he persisted. I think you're afraid of the people in their graves, the dead people. What if they came out of their graves after you, Barbara? What would you do? Run? Pray? He turned around and leered at her as though he was about to pounce. Johnny, stop. You're still afraid. No. You're afraid of the dead people. Stop, Johnny. They're coming out of their graves, Barbara. Look, here comes one of them now. He pointed toward the huddled figure which had been moving among the graves. The caretaker, or whoever it was, stopped and appeared to be looking in their direction. But it was too dark now to really tell. He's coming to get you, Barbara. He's dead, and he's going to get you. Johnny, stop. He'll hear you. You're ignorant. But Johnny ran away from her and hid behind a tree. Johnny, you, she began, but in her embarrassment, she cut herself short and looked down at the ground as the moving figure in the distance slowly approached her, and it became obvious that their paths were going to intersect. It seemed strange to her that someone other than she or her brother would be in the cemetery at such an odd hour probably either a mourner or a caretaker. Yeah, he's, he's said this many times. She looked up and smiled to say hello. Do you hello. think it's a caretaker or something? I, I, I think it's something. I think it's what? something. Just a little more I'm going to read. She looked up and smiled to say hello, and Johnny, laughing, looked out from behind his tree. And suddenly the man grabbed Barbara around the throat and was choking her and ripping at her clothes. She tried to run or scream or fight back, but his tight fingers choked off her breath, and the attack was so sudden and so vicious that she was nearly paralyzed with fear. Johnny came running and dived at the man and tackled him, and all three fell down, Johnny pounding at the man with his fists and Barbara kicking and beating with her purse. Soon Johnny and the man were rolling and pounding at each other, while Barbara, screaming and fighting for her life, was able to wrench free. In her panic and fear, she almost bolted. 
The attacker was thrashing, pounding, seemingly clawing at all parts of Johnny's body. Johnny had all he could do to hold on to. No, wait. Johnny had all he could do to hold on. I guess that's how it's phrased. Uh, the two of them struggled to their feet, each maintaining a death grip on the other. But at the same time, the attacker was like a wild animal, fighting much more viciously than most men fight, beating, thrashing, even biting Johnny's hands and neck. Desperately, Johnny clutched at him, and they fell in a heap. In the total darkness, the blurred form of the two seemed to Barbara like one thrashing thing, and she feared for the outcome, and she had no way of telling which one had the advantage or who was going to win or lose. And I'm going to stop there. Awesome. Fun, huh? Again, that, that is a that is, that is Night of the Living Dead, a novel of terror by John Russo, based on the screenplay for the classic film of horror by John Russo and George Romero, with shocking scenes from the movie. Pretty cool. Pretty very pretty cool. Fun. That's a that's a great find. Yeah, I really I really liked the uh the, the whole opening where he's just like, Death is coming, you're all going to die, death. Blah. Yeah, <laughs> that the, the my chemical romance opening. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. Do you really? Okay, I'm not going to make fun of you because I'm I'm not gonna, I'm trying not to do that anymore. That's all right. You just yeah. that's fine. Um, yeah, they're but, great. Um, but that's a great uh, novelization of a great uh, film about uh, mm-hmm. the, the defining horror film, but also mm-hmm. um, happens to circulate. No, no. Segway, circular drain. Segway. I take the circular drain to the Segway of what our topic is today. It is. Uh, so I guess that brings us right into it. I guess we should go right into our topic. Uh, Just hard. Let's hard dick it right in there. Not this pulling taffy fucking bat pussy bullshit. Yeah. Boom. It's on. Going into our topic right now. Our topic, which is... One, two, three, four! Death! 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 You're all gonna die! Can we ice a piss as well? I was just about to say, can we piss before we die? Yes, I would have... <laughs> What if, you, what if that was part of dying you had to hold your piss though i think about that oh, sometimes. i think what that's if, hell like, i think that's hell like that's a part hell, of hell yeah 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 Yeah, you can never find a place to piss oh god maybe I that's guess. why maybe that's why when people die they like void their bowels and everything they're like well i'm not gonna be able to do this uh, yeah once i get I to hell well. they're gonna fuck me so here yeah, it goes <laughs> just gonna, and then re- you release all of your cum in that cum mist you do that's, you just that, uh you just known thing you let her rip and rip is r dot i P. All right, so we're we're back from our our piss break. We expelled some urine, uh, and so now we're going to talk about death, dying, the death and piss. being dead. Yes, yeah, the the pre-death piss. So now we're going to talk about death, death, uh, and not not to be confused with our three-part series or whatever we did on death metal. No, and no, no, no. This is not about death metal. This is about actually fucking dying, which we're all going to do. Uh, it's just a matter of time. Uh, so live like you are going to die because you're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So and so how are, so we're going to approach this in a way of like, 
just what uh, some things about you're going to talk about some uh, like historical things about death, some references and things like that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about death from our perspectives, things that we've experienced and such. Yeah, well, I was going to kind of incorporate it into it. Um, I wanted to start by talking about the most recent experience with death that I had, um, which yes. was kind of the impetus for doing this um, this podcast. And impetus, not impotent, which you are, which is why you need gas station dick pills. Um, Just for the record, but- <laughs> I need no dick pills. All right. I did bang twice without the dick pill before that. I'm sure you did. So here's the deal. I could, but there's nothing wrong with that. And if I did have have impotence, I would talk to you about it on the podcast. I would let all of our people know. Absolutely. I'm that transparent. Not me. (laughs) I'd I'd be filled with shame. Well. Um, (laughs) Not. Nothing wrong with it. it. Happens to a lot of guys. It's going to happen to us eventually as we get old. Um, if we live that long, or if we die, we won't have to worry about it. So anyway, uh, I had a uh, a friend pass away recently. My friend Tracy. Um, she died of a heart attack very suddenly. Uh, she was young. She was only uh, sixty two years old. She actually died the day after her sixty second birthday. Uh, and she was healthy too. She wasn't like, it wasn't like she was, you know, obese or or ate poorly or, you know, uh, lived like John Wayne or anything. So it really did come out of nowhere. It did. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, she just had a massive heart attack at work and, and died. Uh, and my friend Joanna let me know. And it was just a, a real shock for both of us and our, and our other friends, Tracy's other friends. Uh, and so, you know, just uh, right after Thanksgiving there, we had the, uh, we went to a memorial, the funeral for uh, Tracy. And uh, this is what made me think about uh, death, as it always does to everybody when someone, you know, you care about dies. Uh, and so I want to tell you a little bit about the funeral because. When you go to these things, at least a lot of us, I mean, when it's like, you know, your own mother or something, it's there's no dark humor to it. But when it, when it's a friend or something, like, you have to kind of find the dark humor in things to try to get through the pain, you know. And so I went and uh, met up with Joanna and uh, my other friend, Emily, and I was sitting between these two women, you know, through the through the whole services and everything. Uh, and it was interesting to, to, to be there and to be with them. Uh, because of their their different personalities and my personality, uh, religious uh, backgrounds, you know, and everything, and non-religious backgrounds, uh, because this was a a super Catholic uh, funeral, right? Took forever, right? It took forever, uh, but not in not in a good way. Uh, no, no, was, of course not, dude. No, no, it's no, like no. a Catholic wedding, dude. It's like, come it, on, yeah, when yeah, are we going to yeah, get to yeah. the fireworks factory? Yeah, right? it, it really was. It was. It was. Uh, it was crazy. Um, but anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off by like just talking about like uh, to, I'm just going to start from the beginning. Uh, you know, so I showed up before. Uh, uh, I made it there a little earlier than than Joanna and Emily and. Uh, Dan and a couple of the other people that were coming along, Carla, uh, Alexa. Yeah, why am I naming these people? You don't need to know that. But anyway, a bunch of us were getting together. And uh, 
so I went to the funeral home that was across the street from the church because I thought that's where we were going for a week. Uh, you know, and so I go inside and there's you know, a handful of people in there and it's open casket. And I've only been to one other open casket funeral in my life. And that was for Seth Putnam, the lead singer of Anal Cunt. Uh, no joke. Uh, so rest in power. Rest in power, Seth. Uh, that was a weird funeral. But anyway, uh, so I walk in and there's, you know, Tracy laid out in her coffin and everything. And, you know, it's very somber and very quiet. And I suddenly, I, I get, like, I feel like people just kind of looking at me. I start to get this feeling. I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not, you know? And so I leave. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this is where everyone with the traffic, everyone was directing me to go. So I tell, you know, I text uh, uh, Joe and, and Emily. I'm like, okay, so it's over here across the street. And they're like, well, I thought it was at the church. And I was like, well, this is where everyone is. And no sooner they arrive to meet me than this woman comes out. And she's like, oh, uh, hi, you were inside a minute ago? I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, that's only for family and you're not family. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't know. I'm I'm a friend and we're all friends. And they're like, and she was pleasant. She was just like, well, it's across the street, you know. So we go over there. And uh, beforehand, Joe and I were talking about uh, uh, what we were going to wear because in Tracy's final like wishes, she never wanted anyone to be like super formal and dressed in black at her funeral. She wanted people to wear bright colors to celebrate her life. Uh, Tracy was a florist uh, and, and she was very into color and flowers and things like that, plant life. She was very into it. And so she wanted people to wear bright colors. Uh, I don't have a, a whole lot of bright colors in my wardrobe, but, um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I knew that um, Tracy and I, one of the things we bonded over is country music and she liked a lot of the pop stuff. I don't necessarily, I like the, the older real country music, um, but she liked to line dance and had fun with that. You know, she would wear a, a cowboy hat sometimes. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to wear my cowboy denims, denim on denim, baby. And I wore my cowboy boots, which I don't wear often anymore. Now, that's like uh, a denim on denim. Please describe this like a denim shirt and denim jeans and a denim jacket. Yeah. Not a denim jacket. I didn't no go denim full, jacket. I, did, I didn't go full Chuck Norris, but I did go. Did, I did go Billy Joe Shaver. Yeah, I did this was not a Canadian tuxedo. No, full, tux, full Canadian tuxedo. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't one of those. It wasn't, wasn't okay. all the way. But it was what color shirt. boots are you wearing? Uh, shit. Horse shit brown. Gotcha. Okay, cool. uh, because my I'm cowboy boots—they're not—they're not fancy. They're actual cowboy boots that I used uh, doing cowboy shit. So they're beat up. They're old. Um, I didn't. I didn't. So, like, I didn't insinuate anything. I just asked what color. No, I know. That, no, let no, the record, show, Your Honor. No, no, no. I'm your just, Honor. I'm just let the I'm record saying, show. I'm saying that because I was hesitant to wear them because I was like, is it disrespectful to wear these beat to shit cowboy boots to a funeral? But I was like, no, I think Tracy would like it. I think she would appreciate it. So that's what I wore. So anyway, we, uh, like I said, Joe and I were like discussing uh, what we were going to wear and everything. And of course, Joe looked very nice and very fashionable. You know, she's she's good fashion sense. She looked nice. Um, but we go in there, and I'm like, uh, we're walking up, and uh, in the in the uh, uh, church there, and they had like a whole like mural set up with all these pictures of Tracy. And one of the pictures, sure enough, is Tracy in her cowboy hat, and she's dancing and everything. Really nice picture of her. And Joe points it out, and she's like, oh, look at her. You know, she's lying dancing. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, I wore the cowboy boots. You know, because I was telling Joe ahead of time that I wasn't sure if I was going to do that. And uh, 
and she's like, oh, good, you wore them. And, and she was like, well, it's, it's a lot better than you wearing your I spit on your mother's grave T-shirt. And I was like, Joe, Jesus Christ, shut the fuck up. Be quiet. We're in a church like Tracy's family's right over there, you know, and we're both laughing. And I guess it's like she knew she knows I have the I spit on your grave shirt, you know, like the, the of the 70s grindhouse film. But she's like saying it a little too loud. She's like, I'm glad you didn't wear your I spit on your mother's grave shirt. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like just a tad inappropriate, Johanna, if you're listening. And I know you listen to the show. <laughs> but you did have that on underneath your denim shirt. Oh, right? well, absolutely. Of course. Course. Okay, I mean, I'm always wearing it. I, th- I figured it's that or yeah. it's the Jesus was a cunt shirt. Like that. <laughs> it's that or my uh, Frankie says relax shirt. Yeah. Ooh, Frankie says relax. That's a good shirt, dude. It's a good shirt. It's a good undershirt. That's like a Superman thing you could open up and like, hey, yeah, yeah. Frankie hey. say relax. Relax. And you walk uh, away. So we go in the, and, the, you know, like, like I said, I'm sitting in the pew with uh, Joe on one end and, and Emily on the other. And Joe and I are both like, yeah, we're like just not really comfortable with this whole like super religious Catholic ceremony. Uh, and then Emily on my other side, she knows like everything. She knows like when to stand, when to sit, all the words to say when the preacher says something. And I'm like, what the fuck? I thought you were Jewish. She's like, well, I'm I'm Jewish, but I was raised Catholic because my grandmother liked it or some nonsense. What? <laughs> yeah, I swear this is true. This is what she said. Wait, <laughs> I'm Jewish, but I was raised Catholic because my grandmother liked it or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, one side of her family's Jewish, the other side's Catholic. Like but her, she knew when to say like, parents. and also with you and like all that other right, shit. Right, right, okay, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, she knew she knew when to say all that stuff. She was like, just follow my lead, and I was like, eh, I'm not saying anything. I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say God did. I wouldn't say shit if I had a mouthful in there, dude. You know? I, I didn't say even the stuff I knew, like the Lord's Prayer, which I knew, I didn't say. Um, I didn't sing the songs, even though they had the sheet and everything. And uh, you have a beautiful singing voice, but have, you know. heavenly, some would say. Thank you. Um, but no, I didn't think it was disrespectful to Tracy to not do all that stuff. Um, I just felt like it was it would be disingenuous if I did it. Uh, me Which would be atheist. disrespectful, right? Right. Thank you. Which would you know me being an atheist? You know, I didn't want to like phone in this religious stuff. And here's the funny thing: like Tracy, I never, I don't like, like I do remember her mentioning that she believed in God at one point in a conversation, but she was never like preachy or super Catholic, and like didn't like you know Jesus this, Jesus that. She never really mentioned it. Um, so it was weird to us, so surprising to us. Like Joanna had prepared a really nice speech to like talk about Tracy and like, you know, she and I were going to read it together. Uh, but there was never any opportunity for that. The full hour was uh, with the exception of her son, you know, the eldest child traditionally reads the, uh, the, you know, the uh, eulogy. He did a nice thing talking about Tracy and the rest of it had nothing at all to do with Tracy. It was just, God is great. God is this, you know, requiem eternum. And like, you know, with the little fucking diffusers and all that exorcist shit. Diffuser. You know, <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? Like those, those, those things on the chain with the smoke. <laughs> the, 
the incense yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dominos, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like all that fucking. So a nun, so a nun hung herself and flung through. Yeah, the fucking, totally. Rottweilers. That is some the theatrical glass. fucking. Yes, that's a was, theatrical funeral, and I'm it, there. It really was. It really. Was. It was like it was full William Peter Blatty shit, dude. Dominos, oh, yeah. yeah, and then all they right. had the thing like where you could go up like and get the body of christ like the oh, cracker they had communion and the wine. yeah they did yeah, they, they had did that communion. but that's, but the guys that is a guy, hardcore catholic funeral you went it to. was dude it was so hardcore i'm not kidding uh like you know the candles the diffuser things like everything um and uh, and like the, the preacher did this whole thing and then like they did the songs but when that when people came up to do the communion he was like only those who have been christened can get this so he was like excluding thus those of us who now i had been kiss, uh, christened uh uh, Catholic. I put the Chris and christened. And you've been uh, kissing as well. <laughs> I've been I've been loving it and a kissing. I've been kissing and, and, myself. And a, and a, a ripping in it and a ripping in a tearing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um mm, yeah. okay. but but yes um so like uh Joe and I kind of look at each other we're like eh, we're not doing that but Emily goes up and does the fucking thing and she comes back and she's like well I was I'm really kind of peckish I'm kind of hungry <laughs> So she really got it to get the, the free food and, and booze. You know, <laughs> this is no joke. It was it was really funny. Which I think is I think is very funny because that whole thing, like my um, you know, my my mom's side of the family is very Catholic Catholic, and like I wasn't raised Catholic because my mom got into like super hoodoo voodoo. Ma, shouts out, mom. Sorry, right. you got into voodoo Jesus. Uh, and well, then, she was a snake handler, drank snake strychnine the whole bit, right? My mom can drink strychnine, okay? <laughs> and she'll take you down to the mat on a strychnine uh, off, I'm okay? Sure, she I'm absolutely sure, well. I'm one with, of those old school with, guys who oh, dies immediately, <laughs> hanging from her neck. Okay, you know my mom. Oh yeah. Uh, um but like she's, she's a badass. She's a bad motherfucker, dude. And so like but like I went to uh like so her sister Carol Aunt Carol, she doesn't listen to the show. She should. So shouts out but you but like she had a, a Catholic wedding and it was the worst <laughs> the middle of nowhere yeah. Yeah, yeah. seventeen hours long. You ha yeah, uh. but like it's you know like there's all these rules for like priests when they for whatever like the communion that they don't take like how they have to dispose of it and like you have to have like a in the in the drains back there like they have these the nets or whatever because you can't let the body of christ go down the fucking drain mm. and shit so you have yeah. to catch all of like whatever you pour down there all the sediment and burn it and shit it's fucking nuts dude it's yeah, it's like crazy crap, which is awesome and you might as well be casting some spells with this shit uh but let's, yeah, it's, it's total let's voodoo it yeah. up a little bit can yeah, we just yeah. like get some con you know i got shit to do i can't yeah be here. it's 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 Out. total it's total voodoo and it was kind of sad for for us because we were like oh we really wanted to celebrate tracy and she was barely talked about at all you know like you heard things like she is in god tracy is in god's arms right now but it was mostly god is great god is this god is where you go when you die it was like just all that but uh you know and so like we finally get out of there after hour of uh church really is what it was it didn't feel like a funeral it felt like church it's a mass it's a full-blown mass it they, was they yeah you they trick you into sitting through a mass if someone dies or get married. That's exactly married. what you're exactly right, dude. And it was the most Catholic thing I had been through since my christening. 
which I don't remember because I was a baby. Uh, and my parents, uh, my mother was raised Catholic. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, she was raised super Catholic, Irish, Irish Catholic. Uh, my father was not. He was uh, Cuban. And uh, when she f- came to get married, uh, the church had a problem with it because he wasn't Catholic. He was willing to convert, but they said that wasn't good enough. So it was like, okay, you really just don't want him to marry her because he's a spick. And if you're mad about that, I can say it because he's my dad. I can Spectacular say Yeah. Person. So you can't, you can't say it because you're not Spanish, but I can say it. But I don't care if right. you say it. Oh, um, you want to take a motherfucker. Uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, that, that was your christening, you said, since you're christening? Yeah, that was the most Catholic thing I'd been through since my christening. Because after my my mother's church that she'd gone through her whole life, wouldn't let her get married uh, to my father. She was kind of like, you know what? I'm done with organized religion. I'm still Catholic in my heart, but I'm done. And so I was never really brought to church as a kid. I never had to endure any of that to my parents' credit. I'm very glad I didn't have to sit through all that shit as you did. Uh, You know, I know it was not a pleasant thing for you or anyone who has to go through it. (laughs) Have you ever been to a bristening, you know, where they bite the penis off? (laughs) I don't think that's exactly how it goes, but no, I don't know. I look it up. But I mean, I think it's, I think that's kind of close to what <laughs> it is. No, no, I have not. Uh, in fact, uh, this was the first time I had been in a church in God knows how long. Oh, no, wait, like one other Catholic thing I did. God you know knows what? how long. Hey, I, you know, I didn't even intend that pun. <laughs> I didn't even intend that pun. How do you like that? But I just remembered there was another, there was another thing that I did in a Catholic church. Uh, I just remembered. What yeah. Uh, yeah, I was totally uh, fucking the priest, or he was fucking me, I should say. Uh, but uh, uh, no, um, I, I, I was. Hope the... you got it on with a lady, like in the rectory, or or uh, no, damn, damn near killed her. Uh, like, rectory? Rectum, yes, rectum, rectory, no. Oh. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. Um, when my like my sister adapted the uh, adopted the the Catholic nonsense uh, from my mother. Um, and she's like one of those bullshit Catholics who's like, uh, she likes all the touchy feely parts, but she just ignores all the, the evil and hatred and doesn't actually bother going to church. Uh, but she'll still send you like a card all about Jesus for every fucking holiday until I told her, stop sending me these fucking things. I just throw them right in the garbage, you know? Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I did, uh, when my, my sister got, uh, was pregnant with, uh, uh, her first child, which became my, you know, I, I be- was, I became the godfather of this, of this child, my, my niece, uh, Rio, I became the godfather. And I was yeah. like, all right, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the respectful thing. And I'm going to go to a Catholic church. I'm going to talk to a priest about the role of being a godfather. Yeah, I should have just gone to a couple of Italians at a deli and talked to them. Dude, you should have just got the Blu-ray set and you would have saved the you know, had a better <laughs> afternoon. I mean, what, the, what are you doing, dude? Like going no, to I, a I thought it was important to my to my <clears throat> insane sister that I do this kind of thing. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And he was about as fucking worthless as you would imagine. Um, you know, I had made an appointment. He didn't know about the appointment. It was right after his mass. And so, like, people were coming in, like, sucking up to him, like, giving him cakes and shit, because that's what people do, you know? Like, oh, hey, well, say next prayer for me. This you is get what they free do. Cakes, you get free cakes after you give a sermon? 
If you're a priest, they, they no. If they're a priest, they they make you shit. No, women in the community, they make brownies and cookies. They bring them all sorts with of with like shit. frosting and shit, like good no, sir. Yeah, father. Like, yeah, I want. Yeah. Okay, I want. I want in on some of this cake. Well, dude. get back into the church, you know, as your mother always wanted you to. And can we fucking... not? What can't we just parlay this into our own cake church thing? I mean, cake we'll church. To... <laughs> <gasps> Chris and John Wayne's cake church. I'm writing it down. The only thing we worship is cake. Ass. And how delicious oh. it is. Yeah. And it's a, and we do mean ass and cake, too. Mm-hmm. Because you know they call ass cake now. But and I want not, cake. It's not the body so. of Christ that you're eating. It's the body of cake. Oh, it's cake, baby. I'm can writing the cake, cake. Can the cake be meatloaf sometimes? Sometimes it can be. <laughs> I think it could. Maybe uh, you could have a turkey meatloaf. I know you're red meat. You can, have a ca- you can have a meatloaf <laughs> cake, dude. I see nothing wrong with that in the church of cake, cake church. You call it cake church. Right. No, sure. Cake church, the church of cake. I so like you're it. sitting there and this guy's getting a bunch of cakes and shit. And yeah. He's, he's like barely. To- yeah. He's barely paying attention to me. Like I'm getting interrupted every five minutes. And like his only advice was, well, read your Bible. And I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of here. You're fucking worthless, you know. Uh, and then I kicked him in his Supposed fucking to, to learn about, dick and, and got Learn about there. being a godfather from the Bible. He was like, well, the Holy Bible. Bible. Yeah. So I was like, this was a total waste of my time. You owe me gas money. And I kicked his ass. Uh, but you know, all, all the babies crying. It was great. Uh, no, I just left. But uh yeah, so I guess I have been in a Catholic church since. But when I made the appointment, they invited me to come to Mass. And I deliberately came like one minute after it was going to be over. Because I was like, I'm not sitting through that shit. You know? <laughs> so, so what is the role of a godfather? Did you ever find out? No, it's, it's nothing. It's just like you're like, you know, like you watch over the kid. If the parents die, you get the kid. Well, was that legal and shit? Like, you know, no, not necessarily. But like, it's it's generally implied with the, these Catholic people that, like, you know, you become, uh, you know, you become the legal guardian. You know, if something happens to the parents, you know, huh. uh, not not to mention that my fact that my sister and I have been estranged for years since this happened. But you know, like, I'm still always here for the kid. So, what if you got a hold of that kid now? <laughs> then I'd I'd be your guardian, and I'd be a guard for that. I'd take care of her. Uh, good for you. Yeah, my my hatred for my sister does not uh, transfer to her child. Yeah. So, uh, so far out, man. Fucking far out. So anyway, it was just a weird thing. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. you and me mm-hmm. dying like motherfuckers. Uh, so so death. What do you think, John Wayne? What do you think happens? When you die, um, you know, honestly, I think probably nothing. Yeah. Um, if anything, um, we're just like trap. Uh, we experience like one second of like some massive chemical dump in our brains that mm-hmm. feels like it lasts for a thousand years, mm-hmm. um, but then we're just whatever. Uh, we could be experiencing that right now. Sometimes I think about that. Like, I'm like, am I already dead? Am I trapped mm. in the last second that I've died? And like, just like riding out this chemical wave of a, you know, because it's going to feel like forever. Um, <clears throat> but 
yeah, I don't think that like uh, you know that's what I think, and then mm. just like. So you don't you don't believe in you don't believe in souls or anything like that or an afterlife. No, what they're walking around like on streets of gold and like sucking dick <laughs> or some shit like or getting our dick sucked and shit. Yeah, like what are you what yeah. are you talking about? No, no, I'm just asking. I mean, you know how you know how I feel too, and I'm going to say that. But uh, you know, say all that. I'm just an afterlife just... in, in the sense of of that that you mean, like we go to heaven or hell or some kind of a thing right. like that. We just right, like right. exist in a different realm. I mean, it'd be rad. Not not heaven or hell. Like if we just went to a different dimension, and you were like, oh fuck yeah, now I'm now I'm this, and I have a tentacle in my back, and I have a <laughs> right, boom right, back right. there so... for dancing. Like that's different. <laughs> right. So, you know. so you don't believe in reincarnation either, or anything like that. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't well, not believe don't that, know. but I don't think about it. Of course, you like, don't know. No, no one knows. Uh, only dead people know. And if they came back, they don't remember that they that I they died. That. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the thing that that aggravates me about religion and and all of that is people want to tell you what happens when you die, and I'm like, uh, you're standing there in front of me. You're still alive. So you can't tell me what happens. Uh, you can't tell me about something you yourself have not experienced. Oh, just because it says this in an old book, I was like, "Well, I've got an old book. It's called Superman." Doesn't well, mean it, it doesn't mean that you can fly or you come from the planet Krypton. Chris, Chris, if I could just quote, if I could just pull a quote right now from the great uh, Reverend uh, George Michael, you gotta have faith. No, you don't. Uh, that that's what they'll tell you is what I'm I saying. I know, I know, I know they will. I know we all know um, that that's what they'll but, say. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, but, but 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 you know how they inspire that faith? Fear. Yes, fear and in in indoctrination is the real thing. Like people are people don't just choose their religion; they have it chosen for them. Your parents decide what your religion is going to be, and they indoctrinate you into they, they they like enlist you in a religion from birth it's no coincidence that america being a christian country has a whole lot of christians and china being a buddhist country has a whole lot of buddhists there's no coincidence there it's because you're taught it from birth you're made to believe it it's just like fucking santa claus it's nonsense but you are told to believe it uh and so you do and we all do know that Santa Claus is real. As so real as, the as thing, real as real as God and Jesus and all the others. Yeah. <laughs> he was totally just as real as those. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just as just as meaningful as those because it's the same thing. It's be good and you'll get rewarded, and not you'll get either a lump of coal or sent to a place of burning coal and brimstone where your asshole will be on fire for fucking eternity, uh, even though God loves you. Um, so uh but anyway i wasn't really trying to get into religion i was just asking what you think happens when you die uh would you I, like I, i'm sorry i was gonna say i do think that a lot of people spend too much time uh trying to live a life that is going to benefit their death rather oh, than totally. the experience that they're having now when it's gonna be like haha guess what like your hell is like me putting my dick in your mouth, like which is my heaven or some shit like that, you know? Like yeah, but now that's you know, that like well, I don't know. It made my no, it's just like yeah, you're. I, I, like, I don't like people like living like for that. I'm like that's no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta live. You, you, you get one life. Live it, and you know you can live it good. You can live according to your moral code. I certainly do. Uh, you try not to hurt other people. You try to be a good person. Uh, but. 
you have to live for the now. You have to live for today because nothing is guaranteed. Uh, just because you've been sold a promise of uh, of heaven or uh, 47 virgins or whatever nonsense your religion promises you, uh, these are just people telling you this. These are just books telling you this. There is you have you have not seen any of it. You've like not experienced it yourself. So you can't say that you know it. You can say, oh, I feel it in my heart or whatever. I love when people tell me stuff like, oh, well, Jesus came to me in a dream. I'm like, well, no, we're not. you know what? I, I fucking I've dreamt that I that I could run okay. fast enough that I would fly. Doesn't mean it's true. You know, Correct. Okay, Chris, let's can I can I ask you this? Because this is about like because we're writers, okay? So we write books. So what do you think about this? Because um this deals with our topic. There's like a yeah. book called like Five Minutes in Hell or something like that, where this this guy All right. like died or whatever, and he mm-hmm. went to hell for five minutes and he came back to the table and then he yeah, wrote this yeah. fucking book. Like that's complete. Horse shit. I mean, do do people not understand what the chemicals that go on your brain when you're fucking dying or you're fucking hemp, like what these things that are happening to you? No, because they don't do mushrooms or acid when they're like in their living their life. But but, but you don't, but you don't have to, to to understand that. It's like, it's like you could like, like you, anyone can have like a, a nightmare or a dream and know that like the mind can play tricks on you when you're in and out of consciousness. Um, like so you don't even need my mind's playing tricks on me right but but you don't even need a substance to, to like you could go your whole life without drugs and you can have an understanding that the mind plays tricks on you when you're in and out of consciousness uh <clears throat> yeah but there's been many books like that like you know like the boy who died on the table and went to heaven and it's all just marketing bullshit in fact it is many, a money many, grab bullshit it is and in shame fact, on them dude in fact uh i i wish you know if, if i had known we were going to be talking about this i would have pulled it up but this was kind of an, uh, a spontaneous thing uh but there was a very famous book written by a a kid at the time who uh died and went to heaven and saw jesus and later as an adult he came out and confessed that it was total bullshit that he didn't experience any of the things uh that he said he did uh when when they wrote the book but anyway um yeah. would you like to know what i think happens when you die Chris, I wish you would tell me what hap- what you think happens when we die. Yeah, I think um, I think it's like when you go to sleep, where one minute you're conscious, you're thinking about things, and then you're out. I think death is a lot like what it was like before you were born. Alive. Yeah, before you were born, that's what death is. You simply cease to be. And some, after and- that, no. No, of course not, because uh, you did not exist. You did not have a consciousness. And the thing that that baffles me is that some people, like my sister who has told me this, uh, that that concept terrifies some people. They're terrified of the concept of not existing anymore. It scares them. And I think this that, that's a big reason that not all people, but some people become attached to religion because they have to be like, okay, I'm not going to die. I'm going to I'm going to die, but I'm going to live on in another form in another place it's going to be paradise i'll be safe i'll be fine it won't be bad yeah yeah but but here's my thing it's like why are you why would you be scared of an absence of being you're not going to be aware of it you're not going to be conscious of it you know uh it's just like before you died you were not aware of it you you had no no experience to it you know like it's you just simply weren't 
there. Uh, and it's like, I think there's a vanity involved in being afraid of losing you. Like, you're not important at all, no matter who you are. You could be the uh, fucking president or the world's greatest filmmaker or writer. You could like it. You could you could get the Nobel Priest Prize, but the Nobel Priest not, Prize. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. You always like to call out when I have a little flub there. I call myself out as well, dude. I think it's I know, funny. but uh, I know, I know you do. Uh, but a Nobel Prize that would be pretty cool. It would be kind of cool. Maybe maybe you get that if you. Uh, do enough William Peter Blatty shit. Uh, I don't know how you get it. Something, some exorcist nonsense. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Like it, you, you're just, you're not that important. There's a certain vanity, I think, involved in being afraid of you not existing anymore. You don't matter. You don't. None of us do. None of us. You know, the whole human race does not matter to existence. You know. The universe was here before us. It's going to be here after us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so as an atheist, I don't believe in an afterlife. Um, but I am willing to admit something that religious people are not. I'm willing to admit that I don't know. That I'm not sure. How could I be? I'm alive. I don't know what it's like to be dead. Exactly. And I think... Um... There's a a certain affinity to romanticizing death that goes along with that, where it's like, oh, this is going to happen, and when I die, this will happen, and it's very right. fake. Like it, it can get into that kind of a thing, um, where you're just like, yeah, like you said, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's so that's what they're thinking. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe we become. Maybe maybe we are like Slaughterhouse Five. I love the theory of. Uh, a non-linear time if we're yeah, just existing yeah. in this one existence in a snap of a finger and we just keep keep doing it over and over again yeah. but out of sequence and we never realize it that's well, fine with me too well well here's my, here's my thing is like what is if there if there are souls where do the souls come from you know um it's it, like the soul train or more recently the soul <laughs> right. plane drops them off. but but like you know like is it god just making more souls uh like and why would he do that you know uh, and like w were there only a couple of souls at the beginning of time and now there's a lot and god just keeps making them it just doesn't make sense to me uh but religion in general doesn't the whole concept of god doesn't make any sense to me uh and i also i've never seen felt heard smelled any evidence of god uh and so therefore i don't believe in it you know like it helps me to believe in something if i have even the slightest amount of evidence. And I've never experienced that with any kind of religion. So anyway, I don't want to really go totally off into religion, uh, but I do want to, I want to go back to death. Well, death is, you know, that's something that isn't intertwined with religion kind oh, of, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, unavoidably. So we do have to address it a bit. Absolutely. So absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, definitely not. Um, uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about death. Uh, death on a more scientific and uh, statistic level. Um, so I, before the show, I, I did some research and I looked up um, the leading causes of death in America. Oh. Would, you like to, would you like to know what they are? Can I take any guesses as we go? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, like, how, what, how are what, you, are you counting these down from like a, a one yeah. to something or a 10 to something? Like least I've, I've got actual numbers of death 
per year in America. Okay, obesity. Uh, well, that's not on here, but there are, but okay. but 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 you're not wrong. You're not wrong because there are things on here that obesity um, exasperates, uh, exacerbates, like uh, okay. diabetes, like diabetes and diabetes, like okay. that. Yeah, like like the diabetes. Right? Good diabetes, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I, right. Ice, ice ice brimly, baby. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, look it up. Look it up. Hashtag never forget. All right, so I got one, two, three, four, okay, so five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got the top so it's ten. Like disasters is like heart disease or some shit on there is it like uh actually no you 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 hit the jackpot you just hit the jackpot with heart okay yeah yeah that's number Um, one that is number one number one cause of death in america is heart disease Six hundred and fifty-nine thousand people die every year in america of um heart disease and what qualifies you as having heart disease just you're you have an arrhythmia what you you listen to the eurythmics i mean what's happening (laughs) What am I, a doctor? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know hey, what qualifies as heart disease. My good friend, Mr. McGregor, with a leg for an Isn't arm that... and an arm for a leg. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know is, either. This right, heart so disease heart... is heart disease. That's, that's heart disease the number one number cause one. of death in this country. Okay, all right. Yeah. I, bet, number... I bet gas station boner pills have something to do with that. Yeah, they're, they're lower on the list because not everyone is as stupid as you are and will take them. <laughs> but heart disease. All heart right, disease. Go ahead. Number, number two. I, and I would bet that that pill leads to heart disease. If you take it. <laughs> don't take it. it don't take and, it at and, all. And um, maybe even leads to number two, which of course is cancer. Uh, Five hundred ninety-nine thousand people a year die of cancer in uh, in, in good old U.S. of A. Uh, and like I didn't do the research of the world over. I I kind of stuck uh, for most of these things uh, to America. Number three definitely has to do with your pills. Accidents, unintentional injuries uh, is the third leading cause of death. That's a catch-all for a lot of things, dude. It is. It is. But even though it's a catch-all for all those different things, car accidents, whatever else, uh, it's it's a much smaller number in comparison to cancer and heart disease. Even though it's number three, it's only 173,000 people a year as opposed to cancer and heart disease, which is you know 600 uh, and up. Uh, thousand people fear so you know it's uh you know like five times through you know, four or five times the amount um yeah. i can't do math but all right number four is chronic lower respiratory diseases what? uh at, uh, chronic lower respiratory diseases what the fuck does that mean it means breathing problems you know uh for the most part you know problems breathing uh you know, like issues with the with the like respiratory bronchitis, like like yeah, like all that, of that, that kind of that stuff are not cancer. So. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, that leads to one hundred fifty-six thousand uh, a year. Stroke number four is stroke, cerebrovascular diseases, uh, one hundred fifty thousand a year. Uh, and here's one that's that's kind of um, interesting. Uh, Alzheimer's disease. It's right after stroke, hundred and twenty thousand per year. And so Alzheimer's is something you could actually fucking die from. Uh, not Alzheimer's-related incidents like falling downstairs or something because you have you're lost or whatever. Um, but just Alzheimer's itself kills you. It just I guess it just eats away at your mind enough, so you, you just fucking die. 
That's because you're like your son or daughter just like eventually puts a pillow over your face because they're sick of you forgetting <laughs> who the fuck they are after putting a bill for that. Who are you? Where's Johnny? All right, mom, this is uh, it. This is it. This yeah. is it. Oh man, cruel, cruel. Uh, but yeah, right after that, right after that is uh, diabetes. Uh, oh, diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. Oh, diabetes. Eighty-seven thousand a year. Uh, uh, after that, we have nephritis, uh, nephrotic syndrome, and nephrosis, uh, which is fifty thousand a year. And I don't know exactly what that is. Nephra- that sounds like death of some <laughs> nephra. Nephra. It's 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 death via necrophilia. I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like. Uh, People are yelling at their podcast machines right now. You idiots. Oh, yeah, yeah. You it's, idiots. It's, it's, it's when you fuck a dead vein and yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they know what it is. We don't. But we're, we're at least we're not pretending. Uh, right after that, influenza and pneumonia, which I would have mm. thought went into the lower respiratory diseases. That was number three. But yeah. I guess it doesn't. That's that's listed separately, 49,000. Okay, okay. And uh, bringing up the bottom number 10, my favorite, the way I'm probably going to go, intentional self-harm. Nice. Uh, uh, suicide, 47,000. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I've always okay. thought that's the way I was going to go. And um, that brings me to my next thing. I always figured I would die by suicide because here's the thing. That's number 10 on this list. If I ended up slowly dying of any of numbers one through nine i would kill myself i wouldn't want to just rot away from cancer or heart disease or any of these other things go like going crazy from alzheimer's or whatever Mm -hmm. having my legs sawed off because i was like so sick with diabetes or Um, you were trapped like in a cabin by a crazed fan and they break your ankles and shut fucking that too possibly yeah if i had no way out yeah i would try to if i had a way to kill myself i'd probably have a way to kill them i would try to kill them first but but yeah, if I have no other way out, yeah. Uh, but no, really, like I, I firmly believe that suicide is is how I'm going to die eventually. I'm going to go out like Hunter S. Thompson, baby. I'm really like, fuck it, I had my ride, boom. Uh, so they're going to find me in the woods uh, with a gun in my hand and a greasy hooter in the other hand. I don't know. <laughs> no, a greasy <laughs> hooter. Now, there's they so won't. much to they unpack won't. there, but... I really think that we, you know. <laughs> what um, I mean is I I'm going to go out on top. I'm going to have a party of some kind. I'm going to have some fun. And then you know, I'm going to be out of here. In, 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 on that, you know, in the, <clears throat> on what you're talking about, I do think, like, it is almost more um, disrespectful and you're putting more on pe- your people that you're supposed to love uh, by dragging things out. Um sometimes i so, think i think so uh but um, you should but, definitely have that own like that on yourself to be able to be like i'm done baby well, let's pull the ripcord you know here, here's the here's the thing with me is um this- is i uh, for a year uh my mother slowly rotted away from multiple lamola and it was really hard on me and my family but I, I I wasn't saying I like I, if the, like what what really got to me was the loss of humanity, uh, of her not being able to take care of herself and her just like you know you lose your humanity like you know she like you 
you have to be on a colostomy bag and you have to like can't move around very well and you have to have people help you to the bathroom and bathe you and like all that that loss of humanity does not work for me you know yeah. i'd rather i'd rather be like nope you know what and also like why go on suffering if your final days are just in pain and agony why why live with that just just end it you're, you're gonna die anyway why suffer for so long um so anyway that's that's my take on that um although less than one percent of americans will die in an average year the total number of deaths will be well over two million per year huh uh and i guess that's you would be more now with, with covid or more at least in 2020 but uh right. In an average year, two million people die in uh, America, which is less than one percent of Americans. Not enough, if you ask me. Not enough. <laughs> no. Over, um. but here's an interesting fact: over the past 160 years, life expectancy from birth in the United States has risen from three. Uh, I'm sorry, has risen from 39.4 years in 1860. To seventy-eight point nine years in twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's the funny thing when I watch like some of these Western movies and stuff is they got like these old grizzled men, and I'm like, most people were dead by the time before they were forty. Like, around forty was the median age to die in eighteen sixty. Because like thirty six, like yeah, back in my day, yeah, like because pokey pokey, yeah, because of just like. You know, living conditions, medicine at the time, uh, you know, and just general hardships. You know, you lived to be about 40. You know, like if you're over 40, you were old, old as fuck. Um, now, 78.9 years. So it's a lot longer to live, which I think explains a lot why marriages don't last the way they once did. Because you got married in 1860, you only had to put up with someone for 15, 20 years. Now you got to put up with them for 15, 20. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like now you got to like, you know, well, because they also got married younger. They got married when they were like 18, 20 years old. Um, but now you got to, you got to deal with them for fucking four score. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. Well, but, I'm not a, a president. I am not. Uh, so, but the fucking, the fucking <clears throat> men have to deal with it more than the women because men die first. On average, women live longer than men. 57% of everyone 65 and older right now are female. By age 85, 67% are women. The average lifespan is about five years longer for women than men in the U.S. And about seven years longer worldwide. Why is that, you think? I'll tell you why. Okay, be careful. It's because... It's because, you're right. I should be careful. Be careful. No, it's because men have to deal with fucking women. No, no. Um, I'm. Uh, I actually am going to read from the Harvard Health Publishing website. On the Please topic. do. I will. <clears throat> so if you want to get mad, ladies, get mad at them because I'm reading from them. This is not from me, but I totally agree with all of this. Um, men. The reasons why men die sooner. Uh, men take bigger risk. Uh, it's biological destiny. The frontal lobe of the brain, the part that controls judgment and consideration of an action's consequences, develops develops more slowly in boys than in their female counterparts. So this may contribute to the fact that far more boys and men die in accidents or due to violence 
than girls and women. Uh, examples include biking, driving drunk, and homicide. Uh, <laughs> it's that's true. A, that, that's true. Like a, it went, that like took a turn. It's like, you it, know, it went, it went real fast. It went from biking, which is, you know, like people enjoy driving drunk, which is reckless, but people also enjoy and yeah. homicide, which is really bad, but people also people enjoy. enjoy. <laughs> no shade. Anyway, no. This tendency towards lack of judgment and consideration of consequences may contribute to detrimental lifestyle decisions among young men, such as smoking, drinking, drugs, uh, uh, all of which to excess, uh, like someone we know on this show. Uh, anyway. About yourself like that, man. You're- uh, I know. I know. Um, I, I'm okay. Uh, I'm going to, my, my thing isn't the smoking and, and drugs. My thing is eating red meat for, I don't for every steak. meal. I, I didn't say you did. I'm just saying like people in general, this is what they list smoking, drinking excess. Yeah. You know, uh, that's what they list on the- at this point. Like, it's kind of like, what are you doing? You know, that's just like, uh, I mean, I don't know. You're making a decision, just like I am. If I'm going to do like yeah, yeah. something, no, like I mean, you and I, no you and I like, like cigarettes are super bad for you. But I drink, you do drugs and drink. We can't really uh, scold anybody. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like uh, you got to just like at this point know that you're not dodging a bullet mm-hmm. if you're smoking cigarette. You're not but like no, nothing. Nothing aggravates me more though than people who drink regularly or do drugs regularly who try to scold someone for like their diet it just pisses me off i'm like shut the fuck up you know like i Is drink whiskey. peanut butter i'll kill you faster than a bullet oh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like i drink whiskey i'm not gonna like be the someone like oh man look at all the candy you eat like what a stupid douchey thing you know oh, dude, we should get uh, some candy by the way after this we, we should we should get some delicious candy um but uh, like no like i eat red meat all the time and personally i don't think it's as bad for you as everyone says that's my opinion uh it just depends on what, what research you want to listen to uh but i get people all the time like, oh man that'll kill you eating all those all that bacon all those hamburgers and these people are like are like, drink fucking you know a 12 pack of beer every day I'm like shut the fuck up my hamburger doesn't come with a warning label that literally says you're killing yourself by drinking this anyway men have more dangerous jobs there's another reason men die sooner uh, men far outnumber women in some of the riskiest occupations including military combat firefighting and working at construction sites uh so there you go uh they die of heart disease more often and at a younger age uh, men are 50 percent more likely than women to die of heart disease the fact that men have lower estrogen levels than women uh, may be part of the reason but medical risks such as poorly treated high blood pressure and unfavorable cholesterol levels contribute as well and i am probably totally guilty of that uh and i've always noticed like in general in general women are the ones who are like i'll have a a salad with some croutons and blue cheese and the guy is like give me give me eight hamburgers you know so makes sense um that's my impression of a, a woman and a man going to dinner uh uh, we're also larger than women. Again, this is in general. I've known <laughs> you know, there's definitely some women that are larger. Uh, but did you ever see that I, movie Nine to Five with uh, Dolly Parton? Of course, I've seen that. What am I an asshole? I love that movie. Do you think that they like because of their job they like got bumped up in the percentages there? You know, that's a high pressure job. Where they uh, 
Well, I mean, I like the, all of these things aren't saying that women don't have high pressure jobs because they definitely do. Uh, they were, this but is that movie they, had a great soundtrack too. It did, uh, but I don't yeah. understand what that has to do with this. Um, it doesn't. It's say, a comment. It, Just a comment. Okay. Okay. Um, men are also larger than women across many species. Larger animals tend to die younger than smaller ones. So there you go. Um, men also commit suicide. My personal favorite commit suicide more often than women. This is true. Despite the fact that women attempt suicide more. So we're better at it, uh, than they are. Uh, <laughs> some attribute this to the tendency for men to avoid seeking care for depression and the cultural norms that discourage men from seeking help for mental illness, which is terrible. It's yeah. really bad. Like you, you absolutely you, should you, seek help. You absolutely should. You absolutely should. Um, uh, be less socially connected. Uh, men tend to be less socially connected for reasons that aren't entirely clear, but people with fewer and weaker social connections like this fucking guy, uh, tends to include men more than women. Uh, men tend like, you know, how many female hermits do you know, as opposed to male, um, men tend to be more isolationist than, than women. Is it that, is that lone wolf like aspect that we're like, I'm a lone wolf, baby. Like, <laughs> like I'm a, lone, I'm was a, like, I'm a, a rebel, rebel you know, is it like that? Is it that? It is. Deja it is. vu. It's, it's just this thing. It's like, it's just a gender specific thing. Uh, and, and also gender specific is men tend to avoid doctors. Uh, according to the agency for healthcare research and quality, men are far more likely to skip routine health screens and far less likely than women to have seen a doctor of any kind during the previous year. Uh, oh, I haven't seen a doctor in years, dude, but not because same. I'm a man. It's because it's, it's a hassle. Like you got to make an appointment. I got to drive out there. I mean, I got to sit and wait and shit. Come on. Yeah. But all, all of that, all those attitudes are very male. attitudes. <laughs> so are they? I mean, I just think it's somebody that values their no, time, you know, no, that's, that's, that's a male attitude. Definitely. Uh, so uh, anyway, you want to drive down there and wait? I don't. I, I definitely don't because I'm a man. I'm just saying. It's just, it's like, just, I don't know if it matters. It's like I got to wait down like there. You're, talk you're talking to a guy. I got to show him my dick. Hey, you're talking to a guy who's, who currently has a foot broken in three places. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll fine. You're rubbing on. <laughs> you got some tussin. That's fine. Tussin on. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I love it. Just, just sprinkle it with a robot tussin. Maybe a little salt and sugar. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, we're gonna live forever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um uh yeah, so uh can we talk a little bit a little bit about murder? Okay. Mur murder's good, everyone enjoys that, right? Uh the murder rate in America rose thirty percent between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Thirty percent. That's a huge jump for one year yeah. uh it's the largest single year increase in more than a century according to data published this month by the centers for disease control and prevention uh just thought that was interesting in my research thought i'd throw that in and there's no like uh uh here's what we think caused that jump in murder like uh, uh i don't know maybe people just people just go and well no this this was between 2019 and 2020 so i don't know 
if this is taking COVID and the pandemic into into account, but you know, also maybe taking politics into account with how insane things were in 2020. With uh, you know, just look at the raid on the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example. And look at all of the riots and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, all of the violence that came with that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I did want to say this to to go back to religion. Uh, really fast. Uh, in Pew Research Center telephone surveys conducted in 2018 and 2019, 65% of American adults described themselves as Christian when asked about their religion, uh, down 12% uh, over the past decade. Meanwhile, the religiously unaffiliated, uh, uh, unaffiliated uh, share of the population consisting of people who describe their religious identity as atheistic, uh, agnostic, or quote unquote, nothing in particular, now stands at 26%, which is up 17% in 20, uh, 2009, from 2009. Uh, but the Republic, but the Public Religion Research Institutes, just to be fair, uh, 2020 census of American religion showed that overall decline of white Christians in America has slowed, stabilizing around 44% of the population compared to 42 in 2019. Uh, so from all the research I was doing, and I think you can see this in our culture as well, um, religion, Christian religion uh, and religion in general is on the decline in this country. Um, not saying that that has anything specifically to do with death. It's just an interesting thing going back into what we were talking about earlier. Well, I mean, when we, you look at it from a standpoint of like if your motivation for your religion is your fear of what death brings then it, it does kind of set around death because I think it's, it shows that people are like less afraid of like what's fear is not driving people death. The fear of death at least is yeah. not like driving people to religion to be like, Oh good. And like now people are like, man, whatever the fuck happens. I don't know. Right. Right. You know, smoke right. this, you know, it's just, that's where we're at now. More. Smoke so. up. Smoke, smoke up, up Johnny. Johnny. It's yeah. a banner here, dude. <laughs> it's a banner here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's a perfect segue mentioning uh, the, the Breakfast Club movie, because uh, I wanted to I think we can talk a little bit about uh, death in fiction and, and film and other forms of entertainment. Uh, uh, so there's a couple of movies. I wrote down movies that I think deal with death either really well or at least try to deal with it well. Okay. Uh, and two of them came out this year. So they're very topical. Hmm. Uh, and they were actually my two favorite films of, of 2021. Uh, one of them is Pig, uh, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, a true tour de force performance. Uh, and that has really is a, a huge meditation on, not necessarily on death, but grief, uh, the grief of death and dealing with it. Uh, and then Swan Song, uh, starring the great Udo Kier, uh, about, which is about a... Um, a gay man who uh, was with it was from an older generation and really had to kind of work to break down the barriers that the younger generation of gay men, uh, so so younger generation of gay men now like enjoy more uh, acceptance, uh, whereas like you know you know this guy's like in his seventies and so he he dealt with serious um, you know. Uh, uh, what's what we're looking for prejudice prejudice in his time and, and it's also it's it's really it's about him uh, on his one final uh quest he was a hairdresser and one of his uh former clients died 
and wants him to do her hair uh, one last time for her open kiss and funeral. Really good movie. Really, really good. Uh, Pig, uh, I really loved as well, which is about uh, Nicholas Cage plays a hermit uh, who went into seclusion after his wife died. Uh, and his truffle hunting pig is kidnapped and he goes looking for his truffle hunting pig. And the great thing is like, you may think that this is some kind of John Wick style movie and it is the exact opposite of that. Uh, it's a very emotional film. Uh, anyway, I wanted to mention those first and foremost because they're the most current. Uh, do you have any particular movies that are, are about death that really speak to you? Mm, um, I can name a couple. I, I mean, maybe like the like the film version of Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, because it does. That's where like the nonlinear death thing comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they that that plays out a lot in Dottie Darko as well. Um, Dottie Darko, I, yeah, that's that's a good <clears throat> that's a good reference. That's yeah. a good death uh, movie. Um. Those movies, uh, those stories to me are a little bit, to me, are more about time than death. Like about, like you said, like the living right, time. But, yeah. but death is a part of it because you're just true. Not yeah. ju- you're just starting somewhere else every time you get to that part of right, it. So, right, right. Um, I was thinking I mean, it's uh, subjective, whatever. No, no, it totally is. It's totally subjective. I mean, there's different types of movies about that. There's movies like Pig and Swan Song and. Uh, uh, leaving Las Vegas and my life and about Schmidt. Those movies are about facing your mortality and they're about death and dying while you're still alive. But then there's other movies and stories that are about what it's like once you die, uh, like what dreams may come, the great Richard Matheson novel, which became the, the popular movie with Robin Williams. Um, and my personal favorite, my favorite movie about death and dying is Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's just the most fun and and most original concept of like, here's what it's like when you die, you know, uh, and like all of the stuff that comes with it, like people who kill oh, themselves yeah. are public servants, and like you know you you, you got to live in the same house that you died in, like a ghost, and try to chase the people away, and Beetlejuice kind of does that job for you, and all of that stuff. I think it's just really fun. There's a whole handbook for the recently deceased. Yeah, you know, like I think all of that's really funny and fun. Uh, so th- I think that's my favorite movie about dying. <laughs> Have you looked at this? Reads like stereo instructions. It does. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are some other movies uh, uh, that try to get into it, but are just a little too schmaltzy. Like there's this movie called uh, The Bucket List with Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman, and I Ooh. like the. Yeah, it's just not good. I like the idea of it that it's like a movie about these two guys that are old and they're just going through like they write a bucket list and they decide to do all this stuff before they die. But it's it, although it's amusing it in moments, it just gets really uh, overly sentimental and it's just isn't really good. Uh, yeah, so there's movies like that and you know and other more sentimental movies like Marley and Me and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, you know. And of course, you can all get into like the super nihilistic German stuff, like the you know the Seventh Seal and everything, uh, which has death as literally a character. Das is good, yeah. Or good. Bill and Ted, right? Starting at starting at Bogus Journey, where death right. is introduced as a character, which uh, which are, which of course is a parody of the Seventh Seal. Yeah. <clears throat> so what about books? Where they play the games. Um, 
What about books about death? Uh, I mean, the Bible is the worst. Uh, <laughs> well, I was talking about fiction, so yeah, the Bible fits into that category. Um, I've written down a couple of that I think are my personal favorites. As I Lay Dying by Faulkner, uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy, uh -huh. 100 Years of Solitude, uh, Gabriel Mar Mar Marquez, um, Beloved, of course, by Toni Morrison, uh, and just about anything by Hubert Selby Jr. or Stuart O'Nan uh, has still a lot to do with uh, death and dying. Uh, O'Nan had uh, a prayer for the dying, which is is excellent. Uh, and of course, Selby just had every fucking thing that he wrote. Um, do you have any particular books? Uh, about dying? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe like uh, Calvin and Hobbes' Scientific Progress Goes Boink. <laughs> yeah, because just, you, know, you, you got nothing. Uh, because no, because in that one he particularly does experiment with uh, the concept of death and uh, the ex and using science to come back to life. Um, Weird Science, the novel adaptation. Uh, one of my favorites about death as well. Um, I do love yeah, me some I, Calvin and Hobbes, dude. I really do. I know. I love it. I love it yeah. too. There are also two really good plays that I wanted to mention. One is No Exit uh, by Sartre, of uh -huh, course. Of course uh, yeah. And then uh, The Iceman Cometh, which is uh, really about the uh, just wasting life. You know, It's about alcoholics who talk about their big dreams but never really accomplish anything. Ah, no nothing, know-it-alls. No nothing, know-it-alls. Um, I guess you could say Death of a Salesman because it has death in the title, but it's not really about death. It's, you know, <laughs> so it's... Doesn't really, what about uh, Death Becomes Her? Uh, the movie? Death Comes on Her? You mean the, the movie Death Becomes Her with Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis? Yeah, it has death in the title. It does have death in the title. I yeah. thought and we were just naming it. It does somewhat have to do with the afterlife. Yeah. 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 Uh, how about nonfiction works? Like stuff that approaches death from a different angle. Uh, you know, not necessarily the Bible or anything, but. Uh, well, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. Those the book about the like five minutes in hell, or like I. But that's bullshit. What's not bullshit? No, I mean just just books about um, you know, like one that came to mind to me is uh, Carl Sagan's The Demon Haunted World, which is about uh, finding magic in in science and finding meaning in the existence that we have here on Earth. You know, before we die. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of about death in, in some in some aspects, in some chapters of the book. Um, you know, it's 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 not a spiritual book, but it's, it's kind of a spiritual book for people who aren't spiritual. You know, uh, it's it's finding meaning without a higher power. So I guess I kind of think that way already, but I haven't read that book, but. Uh, yeah, well, I was just wondering if you had any uh, any books that you had read that were nonfiction that maybe had to do with the subject. Oh, no, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last but not least, uh, I, I think music and songs, uh, you know, where there's there's no shortage of music and songs about oh, yeah. death. And now, of course, of course, there's death metal, but that's a different thing. Death metal is just like, roar, I'm eating you and Satan. You know, I'm talking about songs that are more about the act of dying or facing death. Um, and I get, we, I think we get a lot of that in, you know, uh, blues and old country songs and things like that. You don't get a lot of it 
now. You don't. You certainly don't get it in pop music. Um, do you have certain songs that come to mind, or any particular artists that you think handle it best? Um, there is a great song by a band that is not one of your favorites, uh, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. um, called "Like Suicide." Mm-hmm. Where, like the the chorus is, she lived like a murder, but she died just like suicide. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the way I interpret that is like this person he's singing about someone who's living like a murder and that it's chaotic and like just living, living, living. But the way you die is so not special. Mm-hmm. Just, you're right, just right. this is how you live, but you don't die how you live necessarily. Okay. Um, so I don't know. That's like the last song on the, the super unknown record. Uh, that Soundgarden mm-hmm. did so I don't know <clears throat> that one always comes to mind when someone's like what's a death song like yeah. makes me think about death okay uh, for me when it comes to songs about dying and facing death um, I find the people who sing about it best are old people uh, and so the because they're the ones who have it most on mind and to me you can't get better but when it comes to songs about facing death or dying or any of that, you can't get better than the American recordings that Johnny Cash did. Um, like his final records that he did with uh, Rick Rubin. Uh, beautiful, beautiful gospel songs like Spiritual and Unchained, but also just songs that were generally about death, like uh, like uh, the 309 or um, or his, uh, like some of his other songs. In fact, uh, he did... Uh, you know, he did like a couple of traditional songs about death, like Ain't No Grave uh, and Wayfaring Stranger. But my uh, one that, that's very dear to me is he uh, is one that I actually played at my mother's uh, uh, wake, uh, which was really wasn't an open wake. It was just me and my sister and, and our respective spouses. Um, and it was uh, a song that I selected to be played, uh, which is Johnny Cash's cover of On the Evening Train which is the famous Hank Williams song uh, about a man saying goodbye to his wife and her body's being put in a casket on the evening train. And he's standing there with his, with their children and saying goodbye. Uh, And so that was a song that I played uh, for my mother. And uh, so, yeah, like his, his stuff hits deeper to me because he was singing these songs uh, in his old age. And because like, you could tell it meant a lot to him that he wasn't just being, morbid he was just singing these songs about uh of death and dying and what he believed and he of course was uh, a very christian man johnny cash uh and so even though some of these songs he's singing about god and jesus even though i'm not a religious man myself the passion that that i that he expresses is, is it really i can feel it very strongly uh and i've always thought that the best I've always thought that the best thing that ever came out of religion was the music. Um, and so Johnny Cash is a great example of that. So, so absolutely. One yeah. of the best. Your, your chair is really loud. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not my, it's not my chair. It belongs to the hotel. I know. I know. I was just, think, <laughs> just saying it's, it's, it's loud. Um, well, I mean, it's loud when you reference it, but it pro- no one probably would have heard it. Uh, oh, you, oh, oh, they can hear it. 
but but after like this comes out, <laughs> but when but when this runs through the filters, they'll they won't hear that there's a squeaking in the background. Okay. But, okay. but now they will because I'm going to leave all of this in. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because I complained. <clears throat> so anyway, life is short, people. You're going to die. So don't spend your time complaining about squeaky chairs and and or anything really or anything like don't people do don't do it (laughs) yes (laughs) uh yeah yeah appreciate what you have when you have it uh because it is it is going to be live live but also appreciate what you have when you have it because it's all going to disappear you know including you you know the the people you love are going to die and maybe you're going to lose them first, or maybe they're going to lose you first. But you should appreciate them while you have them. And that extends to your pets and to everything else you love, whatever it may be. Uh, it's all dust in the wind, dude. Dust. Wind. Dude. Dude. Yeah. Uh, so on that we're happy at, note, I we're think, out. I think we've I think this is the death <laughs> of this episode, uh, but not the death of this show. We love you. Thank you for joining us for another cheery episode of Vital Social Issues and stuff with Chris <laughs> and John Wayne. So we'll yeah. all see you at the meeting um, on <laughs> Thursday. Uh, no, thanks, guys, uh, for sticking with us. We're coming back. We love you. Uh, and die. I'll see you in hell. Adios. From heaven. Aloha. Aloha. It's aloha. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.